0: salutations welcome to pod mortem i'm travis hunter joined as always by my co-host my sister and my brother-in-law
1: hi i'm renee hunter vasquez
0: hi i'm john paul vasquez this week we're broadcasting live from the avalon motor inn in point pleasant west virginia discussing the 2002 supernatural horror film the mothman prophecies this film was directed by mark pellington from a screenplay by richard haddam based on the book of the same name by john a keel The Mothman Prophecies combines elements of horror and mystery as it explores purportedly true events surrounding the town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and sightings of the titular cryptid, The Mothman. While this film is anchored by a fantastic lead cast and had a decent run at the box office, it did receive mixed reviews from critics upon its release. So, The Mothman Prophecies. What were your first impressions on the film?
2: I remember watching this movie and really liking it when Mm -hmm. I was young. I still like it. But doing it for the show i was like all right well (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember a lot of this but uh it just i just watched it and i guess and grown i I can't even say grown-up eyes because now (laughs) i mean i'm still you know it's weird it is uh i like the movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) we'll
1: We'll just leave it at that yeah Yeah. i really like it too i've always liked this movie and i feel like it's weird that it's not talked about more Mm -hmm. um especially with Laura Lenny and Richard Gear mm-hmm. and Will Patton it's like why nobody's like no, where it, are y'all yeah. at it is
0: a great cast yeah, yeah.
1: um but like you said yeah. <laughs> <laughs> watching it for the show and really having to like i don't know if it's attributed like you said to being a little bit older yeah. i don't know but i'm like there's not enough mothman here (laughs) 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 Uh, also i'm uh i mean we can unpack it as we go on but like the intentions are a little muddy for me like it's it's, (laughs) there are parts that are a little confusing and like not so cohesive Mm -hmm. but like hearing that people didn't like it when it came out i'm like even with me side-eyeing a little bit of it like i still like this a lot oh yeah i will Revisit it for sure. Like, it's just a good movie. And I mean, the chapstick moment. I mean, that was
0: that's a watershed moment. That is iconic. <laughs> there are honestly some scenes in this film that I put up with, like, the alien walking by in signs.
3: Yes. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> as formative for me.
1: Behind.
0: <laughs> I, because I do, I remember we loved this film as a kid, mm-hmm. as we were one kid, as, <laughs> as, as one child. <laughs> we eventually <laughs> It's fucking basket case all over again. Uh, no, but we enjoy this film as kids, uh, plural. I think the thing for me, and it's the it's the greatest thing about it and the worst thing about it. I love the Mothman. Yeah. And so I don't know that they were ever going to satisfy my desire for more Mothman in right. this film because it's literally called the Mothman prophecies, but maybe five times we...
1: Yeah, I I feel uh, like that's my...
0: Was it even five? <laughs> I think I'm I'm rounding up <laughs> no, no, yeah. t- to an odd number.
1: <laughs> As one does. Yes. I feel like that's the thing is that I know, and we're going to get to it, but the disaster that happens was real. Yes. Failing that aspect of it. I feel like we could have just invented a creature here.
0: Yeah. What, that it could have been anything? It could have
1: been anything. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't. We'll get into it as we go along right. I'm not trying to give anything away, but something really could have been made just for this movie, if not for the fact that historically the disaster in it is tied to...
0: Mothman. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, you know, I, I support Mothman and all his endeavors. Of course. Well, yeah. I, uh, I don't think he's to blame for this. <laughs> and, and I do think it's a little cruel that history has been so, you know, looked so poorly upon the poor Mothman. But I do want to say, because I did, I, I forgot to tell you, but I did read the book. Oh, my God. By John Keel. Okay. I put it on Audible double time. Uh-huh. And so I was, like, having to really hunker down. I
1: don't know how you do that. That gives me anxiety. I'm I like, know. what's wrong?
0: I had to take my inhaler after.
1: <laughs>
0: no, it was, it was. I mean, the thing is, is that they did the right thing in making this film because the way that they did it is they really streamlined a lot of the things inside that book mm-hmm. and formed, as much as they could, a cohesive narrative. I'm not saying it's completely cohesive.
1: Right. But I am but saying <laughs> to the book?
0: that book is a clusterfuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there is shit in there. And I don't mean to say shit, because he spent a lot of time writing it. Stuff. There is stuff in there that literally he'll just go from case to case talking to people that have had a Mothman sighting. Mm-hmm. And then he'll talk about UFOs that he saw in Point Pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> he's and like, This place is fucked up. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> and there is stuff about the men in black and stuff like that. And Wolf well, was, always- was there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they always come around. He's like, I make this look yeah. good. <laughs> 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 he's wearing a fucking Mothman costume. <laughs> but <laughs> it's 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 very funny to me because in an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Pellington after the fact he said straight up, he's like, You know what? I think instead of saying this is based on a true story, we should have said it was inspired by.
1: Well, yeah, that's all yeah. I ever ask.
0: And yeah, because definitely that could be applicable here.
1: It was funny to me because John Keel, mm-hmm. I read that Richard Gere's character, John Klein, was named after him. Yes. But also <laughs> there's a something of an expert later mm-hmm. on in the film with the last name Leek, which
0: yes. is just <laughs> Keel spelled backwards. <better. laughs> it's not the the brainiest <laughs> of decisions but it you know it, it it's kind of the split of the same thing like john keel is both these characters right.
1: now i'm prune
0: <laughs> <laughs> as as a kid they enjoyed yes the Mothman. <laughs> now before we cryptically warn this film we would like to issue a warning for spoilers Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast and in thoroughly discussing horror films we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled please go watch the film then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers let's answer the phone. So the film opens with odd whispers and foreboding music. We then see on-screen text reading this story is based on events which occurred in Point Pleasant West Virginia. You notice it does not give a date
1: it it doesn't
0: it's very odd to me because the events that took place happened mm-hmm. between 66 and december 67 right but this film is aggressively 2002 i was gonna yeah. say but, <laughs> but we need our flip phones yes so, uh, but <laughs> i guess i mean i don't know i feel like for me i would have i i do enjoy this film but i think i would have liked it a lot more if it was a period piece all right <laughs> like I was going to say, but, yeah. Then, yeah.
1: but then they couldn't be recording, but yeah, they could. Yeah, they could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's
0: not the Stone Age name. <laughs> but after the opening credits, we see a blurry overhead shot of a small town through the clouds, which gives way to a symmetrically mirrored image that appears to be the silhouette of a man against a white background. The man disappears as wing-like appendages form behind him before being thrown to each side of the screen, transitioning into fluorescent lights in an (laughs) office ceiling, (laughs) and we get the title, The Mothman Prophecies. Now, there are a lot of very odd (laughs) transitions in this film.
1: There definitely are. And um, some of them are just funny. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like no, Unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> it feels very much like, let me show you everything I can do. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot
2: of uh, Mothman vision.
0: Yeah, like yes. I-, <laughs> I don't know why we're stepping behind the eyes yeah, of the Mothman I so often. Because I, what I take it from that is that we were just flying over Point yeah, Pleasant. I, yeah. I- I mean, we'll talk (laughs) as far as that stuff. My theory, I should have probably watched some of his videos, but Pellington comes from a music video director background. And so that makes a lot of sense to me to have these weird vignettes, because typically speaking. (laughs) Right. But to start your film. And here's the, the thing that's ridiculous is it's pretty
1: cool. In, no yeah especially in 2002 yeah like yeah. you're like oh, i remember shit.
0: my like 11 year old mind was like blown yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's amazing
0: but the music builds to overwhelming static and we get a shot of john klein a washington post columnist played by richard gear talking on a telephone the static causes him to rip the phone away from his ear and he's like jesus but then he just gets back to the call because he's double checking the spelling of a name for one of his stories, and we see him write the name Mary with a Y before getting off the phone.
1: Is there another way to spell Mary?
0: Yeah. Like Marin? Th- <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I thought <laughs> Well, Mary, so it, it was is strange. It's Christmas it's- season, so he's like, Is this M E Double R Y? Because he's
1: like, Okay, it is a Y. Yeah. It's like I would just maybe I should stop assuming yeah. but
0: you know, whenever I was first starting out in college with writing my own news stories, yeah. if we spelled a source's name wrong, they beat you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They brought out like a ruler and just beat the shit. No, they gave us a zero. Oh, <laughs> shit. Because they said, you need to know your source's names. And I mean, it's a good lesson. Yeah. But, so
1: you're like with the Y. Yeah, yeah. With a fucking Y, right? Is that Mary with an M? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I
0: need to make sure of everything. But it makes me laugh that they put him to work at the Washington Post. Right. Because John Keel was freelance, and he also pitched stories to Playboy magazine. <laughs> there, <laughs> there's a lot of like conflicting things I read. Yeah. One of them said that he was on assignment from Playboy to go to Point Pleasant. All right. <laughs> and one said that he pitched a bunch of stories to Playboy, and they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know which one is true, but it's obviously... Smarter for this character to make him more structured, right? And Richard Gear working for the Washington Post. I trust this guy. Yeah, I yeah. know it
1: fits. Um, I'm surprised they have made it a real publication and not just yeah. like yeah, uh,
0: that's weird too. <laughs> John
1: Keel Press or something. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Keel Publishing. Yeah, it was surprising because they did the same thing on the Ring with the yeah. Seattle PI. I was yeah. like, oh, oh yeah. you're just doing that, yeah. okay. But in a wide shot, we see the bustling office filled with people, and we hear Christmas music playing in the background. John then places another call to his wife, Mary, played by Deborah Messing. So it's like, oh, that was interesting.
1: Yeah, I thought that was weird.
0: Yeah, uh... and when he writes it on the thing, it looks cryptic as fuck. Yeah, like his writing is scary. I don't know. The the why was scary. (laughs) It was very scary. It was
1: the hesitant (laughs) why.
0: But we see her in the shower, missing the phone call, and John leaves a message telling her that it's after 6 p.m., so he'll just get a ride and meet her there. We don't know where yet. As he gets up to leave, his coworker, Ed Fleischman, played by David Eigenberg, asks him a question on style in word usage.
1: It's Steve Brady. You know, I I from Sex and the City.
0: I don't know. I
1: will burst if I just don't say that he's yeah, Steve I, I, from Sex and I,
2: the City. I was waiting
1: to see how long <laughs> it was
2: going to
0: take. That was as long as I could wait. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's Steve he Brady. Just said
0: his name, yeah. I I do not know this.
1: <laughs> Sorry.
0: But John both helps and corrects him before heading out. This is an old thing cuz it was a word usage whether, mm. whether to use comprised of or composed of. John's technically right but I disagree (laughs) (laughs) but as he leaves we zoom into a television where a newsman discusses a recently evacuated area of the city that should be avoided while commuting so kind of foreshadowing kind of foreboding Mm -hmm. we then get an odd sequence of shots as the opening credits continue a collection of tangled wires, a park covered in snow, traffic lights and street lamps, Mary applying her lipstick in the bathroom, and the front of the Washington Post building. We cut to John checking in with Cyrus Bills, his editor played by Bob Tracy. Cy says they're going to lead with John's story, which is good news, but as John goes to dip out, Cy stops him, commenting that it's a bad look for his star reporter to skip the Christmas party. John says he can't because his wife is waiting for him and he smiles very, like, playfully. He does. (laughs) And then leaves. He loves his wife. I mean, I'm happy for him. Um, He's a regular Rob (laughs) Zombie. I like
1: like that he's, like, my star reporter. It's like, okay, we get it. Richard Deere is always that guy. Capital T, capital G. Always.
0: The best. Yeah. The star. He's not a reporter, he's the star fucking reporter. Fucking Ed's like, what was that? Yeah. I, first of all, I love that he has an actual excuse to cancel plans because it's way better than having to make one up. Right.
1: Uh, I just make them up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I <know> me too.
0: <laughs> but it's just funny to me that they're planting the seeds right now. They're like, no, this dude's life is great. Yeah. <laughs> His wife loves him. It's fantastic. He's the best reporter. He's the star, the star reporter. reporter. And I'm sure all of this will continue. Right. Uh-huh.
2: So, right. So I was like, well, uh, you already told me this is Mothman yes but this is a love <laughs> story i'm like what's happening here
0: right now i'm seeing this is the thing is that keel again creative license right because keel was not married at yeah. all <laughs> he's all like right. look
1: everything was perfect right? <laughs> <laughs> i had a beautiful wife mm-hmm. i was a star reporter, star reporter
0: everything <laughs> but they take a lot of creative license i'll try to like keep up with it because there's a lot of things they change because the book is supposedly a true story. Right. And so in order to make it, I guess, more narratively pleasing, they're like, we're going to give him a wife right. <laughs> <laughs> and all this. But not, no offense to Kiel's real life, but the changes work for me. <laughs> <laughs> but we get the shot of a clock sped up, almost as if time is running out. Interesting. Hmm. But we see Mary getting ready, grabbing her car keys and leaving their home. The camera presses in through bare tree branches as Mary stands in the window of a vacant house as real estate agent, played by Tom Stoviak, tells her and John that they should make an offer. He's credited as real estate agent, but two seconds later, John calls him Brian. So I was like, <laughs> <You> <laughs> why are we doing this? <laughs> but he leaves to make a phone call and tells the clients to explore the house, which they do. Mary is giddy as they head upstairs into the master bedroom. They find their way into a closet. And after turning off the light, they begin to fool around very loudly. Super
1: <laughs> loud. Like, like, I was like, shh.
0: <laughs> they're like giggling their way to the floor. But it's like, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And it's very, <laughs> You usually you do these things in secret. Quietly. One would hope. John's like, I don't care if he hears. Yeah, wow, well, they really
2: like the house. <laughs> yeah,
0: man. But the light suddenly comes back on. Moths fluttering around the light bulb as the real estate agent opens the closet door.
1: I laughed because that moth flew up like it was disgusted by this. F- like, <laughs> oh god. It's like I couldn't
0: see before. It's <laughs> <laughs> gross.
1: Sitting so here trying to eat this sweater. You, you got to come in here and fuck my shit <laughs> up. <laughs>
0: But the agent's like, oh, there you are. And Mary jokes that they were just checking the closet space. The agent seems cool with it, though, saying that the house is theirs if they want it.
1: He's like, just finish up. (laughs) It's
0: like, you've just bought that. I don't know if you know this, but you've just bought the house. (laughs) But John does tell them that they'll take the house and he closes the closet doors and Mary is overjoyed. We then cut to the clients outside their new house, possibly after, you know, finishing up what they started in the closet. <laughs> Who knows?
1: The real estate agent's just sitting at the kitchen table. He's like,
0: "Dude, I got a lot of paperwork. <laughs> right. I have a family too. <laughs> but the camera cranes up as they embrace and uplifting music plays. The camera then glides above them on their car ride back to their old house, John riding passenger and Mary driving as she stops at a red light, saying that the house feels like a dream come true. They kiss as the light turns green and John all but dares her to drive as fast as she can for some no, reason. No, he literally does. Yeah, He's uh, like, how uh, fucking fast can you do it? Like, <laughs> why? He's riding a high, man. I guess. He's like, we should get some yeah, fucking but nah. crack at this. <laughs> <laughs> you ever wanted to try crack? I think tonight's the night. <laughs> it's just very odd it was a little weird (laughs) there i mean it's a very good evening but this is really and it's fucking winter in dc yeah
1: and the roads are all wet yeah Yeah.
0: and icy
1: well let's take this thing out yeah
0: (laughs) but she does take the bait and they speed down the road laughing repeating to each other that they bought a house I would also be losing my shit because we're millennials. We will never buy a house. What is a house? (laughs) I don't even know what that means. But we then see two red lights seeming to be the brake lights of a car ahead of them. But suddenly a winged creature appears with a roar flying straight at the windshield. Whether it was just a vision or the real deal, Mary swerves out of the way, skidding on the icy street and hitting her head on the window so hard it cracks it as the car screeches to a stop. John collects himself, frantically checking on an unconscious Mary before calling nine one one. That was a lot.
1: It, it yeah.
0: was.
1: Well, because they were just you know drag racing. Or yeah. Whatever, and then- they were <laughs>
0: going off to buy that crack, and yeah. Then- yeah. <laughs> and now this. I was. I thought it was bad enough because the vision itself is horrifying. Right. But then when she hits her head on that window and it cracks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know how hard you probably have to hit your head in a car window. Oh no! Yeah. Or, I mean, maybe her head's made of spark plugs. I don't no. know. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I don't know, man.
2: Well, I mean, it, she just when you see the bug headed right at you, you the just got to keep going. <laughs> you know what I mean? You just got to yeah. keep going. If we stop for every bug. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> you made eye contact with it. Yeah. Feel bad and then just keep
0: going. I think, and I think what's so creepy to me is that she, it just happened so suddenly. Yeah her entire demeanor changes it's not a matter of fear it looks almost as if she's been taken over yeah yeah but we'll learn Mm -hmm. We'll learn. we'll learn in the next scene we find mary in a hospital bed with john at her side she wakes up slowly opening her eyes and john touches her head asking if she's okay she says she is but then immediately jerks back in fear she surveys the ceiling glancing around before asking him you didn't see it did you He has no idea what she's talking about, but she breaks into sobs telling him that she thinks that there's something wrong with her. We cut to John watching somberly as Mary is placed in an MRI machine. In the imaging on the screen, we see a cloudy spot appear in her brain scan, taking the shape of a moth that grows, transitioning into the underlights of a bridge at the hospital where John stands at the window between two Christmas trees. So, again...
1: (laughs) I will say I admired the framing of him between the christmas trees i thought it looked very nice it was fantastic um so she's the mothman now? <laughs> yeah he's like i'm in
0: your brain yeah. i i think that again some of these transitions really do it for me this one just seemed unnecessary it was
3: weird. they're like and
0: now with the light and i'm like yeah. what <laughs> I'm just very confused as the the, the thought process.
1: I want to know what music videos he made.
0: I think. Oh yeah, that. he he did a lot of shit. I think he worked with you too. I think he worked oh, with okay. like like P Diddy. No, no. <laughs> there Was are no he cheese, in graters the cheese graters. graters?
3: In <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want to say Pearl Jam. Hey, all right. And then a couple of years ago, Demi Lovato. The fuck. <laughs> so he's all, all over right, the place. Yeah. But I do want to say that the director of photography is Fred Murphy. Who oddly worked on this, Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> oh, God. And Secret Window. Oh, all right. I like Secret Window. Yeah. And those films do not have any of this. Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. But Dr. McElroy, played by Yvonne Erickson, approaches John, clearly the bearer of bad news, and they walk off together. Later in the hospital cafeteria, John tells Ed the diagnosis it's a glioblastoma an extremely rare brain tumor now everyone in this film including the doctor says glioblastoma mm-hmm. that is not how that's pronounced <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if she's a real yeah. doctor
1: <laughs> just <laughs> wandered in there yeah. yeah
0: he's like they actually they diagnosed her with bad brain yeah. <laughs> so
1: devastating yeah
0: i think we might need a second opinion on that though <laughs> But as it turns out, it has nothing to do with the accident. It's something she's had for a while, but just never knew. He says she's already undergone surgery, which didn't eradicate it completely. So they're going to continue chemotherapy for as long as they can. And John actually says that she's looking better. Ed clearly doesn't know what to say, but John gets a bit existential. He says they were literally house hunting two weeks ago. And it's as if the universe just pointed them out and said, oh, wow, a happy couple. I've been looking for you. Now... That's very sad. Super mm-hmm. sad. I genuinely believe that, by the way. Like, I try not to be too happy outwardly. That's... um. Just in case the universe is watching? Yeah, that's healthy. Is that normal? <laughs> Super n- healthy. I'm going through a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but later in Mary's hospital room, Mary apologizes to John, saying she feels like she ruined everything, but he assures her that she didn't. She says she wants him to be happy, smiling at him before closing her eyes and rolling over to get some rest. That night, John drives their car, stopping on the street of the crash. The car window is still shattered, and he gets out walking down the street, reliving the whole incident. Mary's voice echoes, you didn't see it, did you? After looking at two red lights on top of plastic domes at the end of the street, he turns his attention to the front of the car, where he finds a gray substance almost burned into the fender in the shape of a V. He appears puzzled and the camera dips down into a close up of those two red lights. So, if you like two red lights, I got the film for you because um,
1: yeah. <laughs> I was going to say to his tail lights in the background. Mm, I mean, right. it, it there it's everywhere. Yeah. It is.
0: It's the thing is is that in sightings of the Mothman, this was like one of the most prevalent things that people said they saw. Yeah. I loved the quote, we just watched that Buzzfeed unsolved. Yeah. Red like you never saw red. Yeah. <laughs> I usually only think that about Argento's Suspiria, but
1: (laughs) (laughs) but it applies. It applies here here
0: too. too. Honestly, and this might be no. It would it'll be popular. I want to meet the Mothman.
1: I would love to meet the Mothman, although not like this. No, uh, uh, no. Yeah, let's let's (laughs) make that very clear. Yeah. Um, we were watching the the Buzzfeed Unsolved before we recorded this, and they said that the Mothman is between reported to be between six and eight feet, Mm -hmm. and I gotta say i don't want my mothman your height D. i i'm can we go eight feet or bigger
0: i look if i can see eye to eye (laughs) with the mothman i'm less interested in in meeting this creature i would much rather have to look up and be like tell me your secrets (laughs) eye to eye Yeah, yeah i was
1: like six feet
0: he should be ashamed.
1: <laughs> no, we don't height shame no, here. No, we don't height shame here, but that is very two short. two of us are quite short. No, that's but, very short for a Mothman. Yeah, that was, I was like, that gave me pause.
0: Yeah. The Mothman in, you know what? I bet he's really five foot 11.
1: <laughs> You're round up. To five? Yes. To six. To six? Hey, fucker.
0: <laughs> the Mothman is Danny DeVito's height.
3: Right. But- <laughs>
0: At their house that night, John receives a call, closing his eyes in disbelief at the voice on the other end. We see him running across the bridge of the hospital to meet up with Dr. McElroy, who just shakes her head solemnly, and we fade to black.
1: It was odd to me, and I know, you know, I'm not saying in real life this would be unrealistic, but for a movie, for him to not be at the hospital was weird. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: true. You know, because he had been, been there weeks. the whole time. He's all
1: driving around and <laughs> shit and hanging out at his house. I just thought that was weird. He's
0: like, well, we never got that crack. <laughs> 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 no, but I mean, I understand his... You know what I think would be the thing to do is he waits at the hospital until everything's fine and then he goes the investigative reporter route. Yeah. Trying to figure out what the fuck happened. Right. I'm still weirded out by the substance on the car.
1: Well, I... Uh, right. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever listened to a creepypasta episode on last podcast on the left, but I have an idea of what that substance.
0: (laughs) First of all, it wasn't purple.
3: It was
1: pink. It was pink. Good Lord. The mothman gets himself into some sticky situation. Oh my God.
0: I don't look, I don't like to think of the mothman that way. (laughs) (laughs) The mothman is pure. (laughs) Not
1: when Henry Zabrowski is telling the story. Very
0: true. So very hard to transition from his wife dying to fucking Mothman jizz, and then <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> good lord, we fade back in from that horrible scene. The camera pressing in behind John, who sits alone in that snowy park that we saw earlier. So already we're kind of getting these ideas of not necessarily premonitions, mm-hmm. but scenes and places that don't matter in the moment but will become important later Mm -hmm. and that comes up a lot because there's one shot that they really like to show later on (laughs) (laughs) just to keep your brain focused
1: now don't forget don't
0: forget this is going to be real is this going to be on the test (laughs) this 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 is is the test test. (laughs) but the camera stops for a moment as it's pressing in and then it continues on until it's right behind john He notices something behind him, almost like a sixth sense, but turns around to see nothing. He watches the traffic across the street as the camera rises above his head and the scene ends. At the hospital, John collects Mary's things, but is interrupted by an orderly played by Scott Nunnally. He just stands ominously in the doorway and says, she knew. John's like, I'm sorry, what? The orderly says that she was drawing angels and motions to Mary's nightstand. There, John finds a book and leafs through it. Every single page is filled with rough, shaded drawings of winged men, but then they start to get a little dark.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry, Father Paul. How the (laughs) fuck are those angels? (laughs) Uh, Like, I'm pretty sure that's an angel. My angels need to be glittery and glowing or else I'm not, uh, that's not a fucking angel.
0: Well. (laughs) Bright gold halo something? You
1: gotta you know dress the part i'm not gonna assume that that's an angel
0: well didn't they say on midnight mass that when an angel appears he's like do not be afraid <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no but, ch- calm down yeah. i know i look like- <laughs> I, look i know i'm scary as fuck but i yeah well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of fitting the bill
2: uh, so did the mothman kill his wife or did the tumor take her
0: my theory which we'll kind of get to a little bit later is this idea of predictions okay and uh prophecy exactly Promise. almost right. like <laughs> <laughs> almost if like the will. title <laughs> of the film yeah so i think that it was something that led to another thing all right all right but through the drawings it eventually builds to a drawing of a distorted screaming face angelic yeah <laughs> quite you can hear the choir and
1: <laughs> <laughs> were those harps oh That's yeah
0: beautiful but also who's giving her red paint I don't know.
1: <laughs> I was, yeah, where'd I was get like, it? like <laughs> did she do that with charcoal? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 fucking smearing it with her thumb and shit. The orderly's like, yeah, whatever you need. Yeah. <laughs> but John continues on, eyeing a few more of the unsettling drawings before looking up to see that the orderly has disappeared from the doorway.
1: Real Mothman behavior. Yeah. yeah.
0: So are we to think that that was the Mothman? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, she passed away, so he hopped out of her brain. Okay. Yeah. Put on some scrubs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it checks out.
0: And waited in the and doorway. In the door- <laughs> all shadowy led
1: him to the shrine, yeah. <laughs> and then he's gone now.
0: I feel like I would complain to whoever his boss was, <laughs>
1: <laughs> because like that's. Not- it was, I think it, it was weird and creepy, but I think it was meant to be words of comfort. It's not helpful.
0: <laughs> it was. I, it was a little weird. Yeah. yeah, it was a little weird, and not once. <laughs> Not once did he say I'm sorry for your loss. No, yeah. <laughs> he's like,
1: listen, dude, this is some crazy shit, bro. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like I got a ton of she, conspiracies she in my apartment. Yeah, it was crazy. You should have been here. Her
1: eyes were yeah. all white. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Probably shouldn't have gone home, John. Yeah, That's weird.
0: weird. But we then get text in the lower third reading two years later. The camera presses into a shop window filled with television screens, but on a few of the screens is John being interviewed as part of a panel discussion on a news program. He laments the partisan bullshit of Washington, but when asked a potential candidate for the Democrats in 2004, John singles out the governor of Virginia, Russ McCollum.
1: Royce McCutcheon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) save some of that moon money for yeah, me <laughs> like, it's
1: a really deep cut really Simpsons joke but i
0: was thinking it every time i heard his name <laughs> a lot of people aren't gonna get that <laughs> the thing is that's very interesting is that imdb identifies him as and the credits identify him as rob mccullum huh. so i'm like what leak, Le- <laughs> leak McCullum. i just don't understand how do you get the name of your own character wrong or was richard Gere just going into business for himself He's like, no, Russ <laughs> Russ is great. <laughs> we all agree Russ is great. But we transition through the television to a shot of John watching himself on TV in his office. John shuts off the TV and Ed walks in, alluding to the fact that he's trying to set John up with a woman named Gwen. John backs out, saying that he's got an early morning the next day to interview the governor. Ed's like, hmm, interesting, because McCollum's office moved that meeting to tomorrow night ed kind of being a good friend but kind of overstepping a lot
1: yeah that was my Mm. um i i I felt the same way i was like i feel like he's trying because it's been two years Mm -hmm. i feel like he's trying to help out his friend right which is fine and good Mm -hmm. but like when your friend is reacting the way john's reacting like maybe step back
0: a little bit intentions
1: yeah but i i feel like steve uh (laughs)
0: <laughs> Nay, his, name, his name is ed I feel, uh,
1: ed he's I, I think he's a good guy
0: was he a good guy in sex and <laughs> the city Nay? yes okay god damn it he's gonna this character is gonna be difficult uh, uh,
2: i i see what you're saying you know he was uncomfortable and yeah. he was like but two years doesn't really seem that long it really uh, doesn't
0: especially for something like that yeah
2: that like it just happened out of nowhere and it I don't know.
1: I feel like that's a really common trope like in movies and Mm -hmm. TV where someone will lose their spouse and like five minutes later, their friends are like, fucking move Uh. on, man. (laughs) But it's like, I feel like here it's done in a delicate way where... I'm not saying that this w- is what this is, even though we both kind of know
0: that I'm right, trying to right. set you up. Mm-hmm.
1: I think he's I think he's trying to be a good friend.
0: And he says something very sweet. He says, look, Gwen is not married. Yeah. Not by a mile, and no one ever will be. Mm-hmm. So he, again, that's why I say he's got the good friend thing going on. Yeah. yeah. But he really is trying to push this thing. He is, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just have leniency on him because <laughs> of sex like in the city. Yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> John arrives home that night quickly packing a bag before heading out and hitting the road
1: because wasn't he supposed to fly out
0: he was and then I think he was supposed to fly out that morning yeah Yeah,
1: so it just made me laugh that I mean these are the lengths that I will go to to avoid an awkward get up it's like no I'm sorry I have to drive 12 hours
3: (laughs) instead of taking
0: a flight tomorrow sorry I will inconvenience the fuck out of myself (laughs) (laughs) if it means canceling a plan but he does call Ed and leave a message saying that he's sure Gwyn is very nice, but he'll have to take a rain check. He's feeling a bit wired, possibly from that crack. <laughs> <laughs> and, and even though it's
1: just a story of addiction, <laughs> I, <Right. laughs> maybe.
0: I've built in some stuff that is not real. <laughs> but then again, so did John Keel. But oh, damn. Uh, <laughs> even though it's 1 a.m., he says he's going to head to Richmond tonight for his interview with the governor. We see his car pass under a road sign for Richmond, then get various shots of taillights appearing as bright red eyes. I told you it'd come up again. <laughs> so was this more moth vision? I think it's tr- to remind you that the moth is around. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget what this movie is yeah. really about. <laughs> yeah, I know that we only touch on him a handful of yeah. times. <laughs> but after what feels like forever on the road, we see the control panel in his car go haywire, lighting up and shutting off. He pulls over on a dark road, unable to get his car to start. He tries to dial out on his cell phone, but gets no service. Then he checks his fossil watch. It was the style at the time. (laughs) 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 But the hands appear to have stopped. Now, electrical, no service, Mm -hmm. fine. Right. But the second I see that the watch on my wrist is also not working, I'm pissing my shit.
1: Well, I feel like John Klein seems to be in an upper Socioeconomic status.
0: Mm -hmm. You you can tell by the fossil watch. Uh, You can tell by the fossil
1: watch. I don't feel like he's driving a car that's just going to fucking crap out. Right. Like, he just takes it. (laughs) I don't know. It's just odd. I feel if it happened to my car, I'd be like, what the yeah, fuck? I
0: and I'm not it, yeah. a, a rich ass. <laughs> I am never going to financially recover from no. this. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm fucked. But he's like, dang it. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, man. <laughs>
1: I mean, I guess because he can't just buy a new one. I yeah, don't know. But I feel like it was a very under under reaction oh, to yeah, all the lights yeah. were on. I would freak the fuck out. Well, they all started
2: flickering.
1: That's yeah, not, that's horrifying. Yeah.
0: But he gets out of the car. Looking around and standing alone on the dark road. We get a weird shot of him looking at his shoes for some reason. Uh-huh. Okay, I was b- <laughs> <laughs> Correct. I do not understand that, but we then hear some kind of wind adjacent noise overhead. Yeah. I don't want to call it swooping or anything. I, would call it- <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> swooping's a good word for it. We well, hear some swooping. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's enough to get him to pick up the pace. He stumbles upon a house nearby ringing the doorbell. Gordon Smallwood, played by Will Patton, answers the door. Will Patton, ladies and gentlemen. Oh,
1: yeah. No, we always love to see Will Patton.
0: He quite possibly is the best audiobook person. (laughs) I was just
1: uh, about to say that every time I see him, I think of dad because he's dad's favorite for audiobooks. He's... Fantastic.
0: Yeah. He even does the voices. Oh. He does nice. do the voices. <laughs> yeah, like he's <laughs> great. He he's, he's really, great. really good. He can read anything. <laughs> Put it in front of him, he'll read anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but John explains that his car broke down and asks if he can use their phone, apologizing for the late intrusion. He's very, very polite. Gordon looks back to his wife Denise, played by Lucinda Ginny, saying, It's him.
1: I'm sorry? Yeah. yeah
0: i like, never mind. I'll try the next <laughs> episode.
1: <laughs> Did you catch me on CNN? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh,
0: so you are. You do yeah, watch. Yeah, you're a fan. <laughs> I'll give you an autograph and I can use your phone. <laughs> John Klein, <walks> the bus. <laughs> but he tells John that he's been waiting for him, grabbing John by the shirt, pressing a double barrel shotgun under his chin and telling Denise to close the door. So up until the, I guess you could call it a kidnapping. Yeah. <laughs> right. A hostage situation. This is based, in fact, with John Keel. On his way to Point Pleasant, his car broke down, and so he knocked on dozens of doors trying to find someone to... Dozens? Yeah. He said people wouldn't answer or their phone service was down.
1: They're like the Mothman's yeah. yeah, he's like, oh, mm,
0: no, I'm not doing that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is John Keel about six feet? Because I wouldn't open the door either.
0: This is the weird thing. Oh, God. He mentioned in the book, because it was 1966... He said he had a beard, he had long hair, and apparently at the time in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, mm-hmm. that's not the style. Right. And so he's also got a suit on, which, again, is not the style. Mm-hmm. And so the eerie thing is that the last house he went to, I guess this was 67, because three weeks later, the couple died. And we know why. We'll talk about it in a right, bit. Right. But because they had told their neighbors about a weird man who had visited them nights before this happened, the neighbors who didn't die kind of started an urban legend about John Keel.
1: That he murdered them?
0: No, that he was like Beelzebub that came to visit them and then they died later.
1: I mean, it's a cool story. Yeah. It's
0: pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> just once I'd like to be called Beelzebub.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and you said we're gonna, you're going to tell us how they died? Yeah, you okay. already
0: know how they died.
1: Is it what happened in the movie? Mm Mm-hmm. The fuck?
0: Yeah. So he is thinking of it as almost like kismet, a matter of him being involved with this and then meeting these people, and then this happens later, and Mm -hmm. then... But the whole thing of the book is that it's almost like about the way we perceive things and how perception can be reality, but your perception is also a personal reality. Right. And so... Literally just a man's car broke down and he's like, can I use your phone? But people were like, the fucking devil. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know? is, is the book called If I Did It? No. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but in the next scene, we find John standing inside of a shower being held at gunpoint by Gordon.
1: I appreciated the forethought to put him in the shower in mm-hmm. case, you know, things got a little blasted. Right. Like, <laughs>
0: got a little blasted. He's like, got a faucet right here. Yeah. yeah. It made me laugh, though, because we learn later that this bathroom's on the second floor. (laughs) (laughs) So we had to push him, he's like, up the stairs? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. But (laughs) Denise lets in Connie Mills, a police officer played by Laura Linney, and she kind of tries to figure out what's going on.
1: Laura fucking Linney, a treasure.
0: Underrated.
1: Absolutely. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but... She and Richard Gere starred in a little film called <laughs> called Primal Fear. Never heard of it. Um, it is available on HBO Max the last it time is. I checked. And if you haven't seen it, fucking watch it because I can shut up about it during Emily Rose and I'm talking about it now.
0: <laughs> it's so good. It's funny because I read in the production notes that she only accepted this part so she could get to work with Richard Gere again.
1: Aww. Yeah.
0: Because they were great in Primal they, Fear. I was going to say, they
1: work yeah. really well together.
0: There are some actors that just have that chemistry. Right, right. You almost wish they were really a couple.
1: Like Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. I don't know if that's just me. No, that's all yeah. right. Yeah. I can get that's with that. That's all right.
0: Uh, Patrick Wilson, Vera Farmiga.
1: That, yes. I'm like, just get married. Right. Just do yeah. it. Yeah. Like, can we just do the Warrens over with them? Yeah, let's <laughs>
0: pretend the other ones never <laughs> happen. <laughs> The other cool thing about this is she met with Pellington to, I guess, kind of not even really audition for the part. Mm -hmm. It was more just like a meeting to see if, you know, she was interested. And Pellington said that he hired her within five minutes of speaking to her. Well, he sounds like a smart man. Yes, indeed. But Connie tries to maintain calm in the room, asking Gordon to explain what's going on and lowering his gun for him. Gordon, not letting John out of his sight, says that this is the third night in a row that John has been here. He's stalking them.
1: That would scare the shit out of me. Yeah.
2: I would probably feel the same way dude did. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You keep coming to my fucking house. So I I can understand him being angry.
0: You absolutely can. And the thing for me is that it only gets scarier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because at this point, you're like, oh, well, he's been getting a visitor. Yeah, yeah. Somebody
1: else. Yeah. This is a coincidence.
0: Like whatever. John tries to defend himself from the accusation, but Connie lets Gordon finish. Gordon says, two nights ago at 2.30 in the morning, John banged on the door saying he wanted to use the phone. Something creeped him out about him, so he told him to hit the bricks. Then the night before, John returned. The scariest part is that he's positive it was John Klein. John just says, crazy. Crazy. Gordon's like, I am not crazy. Gordon yeah. does not like that. No, he says, I was talking about the situation. <laughs> like, I am not. <laughs> and he never did call him crazy. No, he didn't. In all fairness. But Gordon's like, you're lucky I'm a Christian because I had every right to shoot you on my porch. Connie corrects him saying that he would have had to have been inside the house. And Gordon's like, what? Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, it's like, oh, well, oh yeah. shit. I, yeah. I could have been well, in real trouble. <laughs> yes,
2: you need
0: to cross. And, yes. And,
1: <laughs> Glad I didn't shoot
0: you uh, <laughs> But he says that he knew, quote, the dumb fuck would come back tonight. And sure enough, here he is. John is incredibly confused and says something is very wrong here. He's never been here. He doesn't know these people. And so he hands over his wallet and ID. He says he's from Washington, D.C. And it checks out when they see he's a reporter for The Washington Post. They let him out of the shower and the group heads downstairs. Because, again,
3: it's downstairs. upstairs.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So how would you feel then, knowing this dude couldn't have even been here the last two nights?
0: I, if I'm Gordon, I would hopefully, I mean, I would try to rationalize. I'd be like, well, I am very tired. But you know he wasn't here. That's true. I mean, he's got- I am
2: very tired. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you oh, it's don't 2:30 know. 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. Well, you don't know, but I mean, he's got proof. You yeah. know what I mean? So well, how
0: do you- I mean, to reconcile, I'd be like, well, dude, there's a motherfucker that looks yeah. just yeah. like <laughs> you. I mean, that'd be the only then thing- Then it was your something brother. Something yeah. Your brother lives here. <laughs> you know (laughs) what jim klein (laughs) but connie tells john to wait outside and has some words with gordon she says they'll look into john's story but if anything like this happens again he should call her and just forget the gun gordon tells her to just find out what john wants so he's still not believing it yeah gordon stands at his door staring at john who waits outside (laughs) and he seems friendly (laughs) (laughs) it made me laugh because like Connie just goes to talk to Denise, but they're just leaving John and Gordon. Gordon could just start kicking his ass. yeah, Yeah.
1: this is what we call a meat cute.
0: Is that what that is? I uh, I didn't realize, but... Denise tells Connie that she never saw John before tonight, but she can confirm the knocking. Connie says goodnight to the Smallwoods, and Connie offers to give John a ride into town. On the way, she tells him that he's a long way from Washington, D.C., and he says that he's just driving through. She responds that their town isn't on the way to anywhere. It's like, is this town an island? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Like everywhere. Yeah. I was thinking that too. I was like, what does that even
0: mean? It's on a peninsula. (laughs) Like, Oh no, this is a dead end. (laughs) But as they make it into town, Connie says that she recognizes him from his recent appearance on television. He seems surprised, but she's like, we're not all bumpkins.
1: Yeah. This is just the first time he's
0: rude. (laughs) (laughs) It only starts here. He's like,
1: you have a fucking TV.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Are you wearing shoes? He there and there's. I saw an interview with John Keel, and he was talking about coming into point pleasant for the first time yeah. he's like
1: i was an asshole
0: <laughs> <laughs> he he says it as like to the camera he's like yeah and it's you know if they weren't all hillbillies i was like god <laughs> damn,
1: no way i guess
0: because he's like because they make shit up all yeah. the time <laughs> <laughs> but after telling him that he's not under arrest she tells him that she's never had trouble with the small woods before but that things have been kind of strange around here lately
1: i was a little annoyed that no you're a reporter and somebody tell i'm not a reporter and i'm like well what the fuck do you like what's strange exactly
0: you're trying uh, is somebody harassing people and
1: going door to door do i look like that like what do you mean strange like i think he just sits there quietly (laughs) (laughs) i was
0: confused i i spent time as a staff writer and if somebody said that there's like about 12 follow-up questions yeah, no, that yeah. pop go up in your head, but he's yeah. just like, can you get me to a room or something? <laughs> yeah, I'm, <tired.
2: laughs> I'm very tired. Well, I mean, <laughs> even after what we just witnessed, mm-hmm. the dude saying you've been here the yes. past two nights, you know you haven't. Yes. She's saying some strange shit's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's share some information here.
0: Because apparently, obviously this follows into the strange shit. Right. Yeah. So what else?
1: I came here to get directions on how to get away from you. <laughs> yeah. <here. laughs>
0: But in an odd transition of red light, Connie arrives at the Avalon Motor Inn, stopping in the parking lot. She asks what he's doing here, and he says he doesn't know. When he asks where he is, she points at a sign that reads, Welcome to Point Pleasant. So this version of Point Pleasant in the movie is actually a town outside i think it's called kittening outside pennsylvania mm-hmm. or outside pittsburgh all right and the majority of the locations in the film are in or around pittsburgh <laughs> even the parts that double for chicago later in the film what well yeah and bits of georgetown uh that we saw earlier mm-hmm. so it like works? everything <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I believed everywhere yeah. it's a
1: one-stop shop
0: they did say that they did film a little bit in D.C. just for like some establishing shots. But in the production notes, they said they brought in people from Point Pleasant to see the new Point Pleasant and they were blown away. Oh, well. They said that it was their town right That's so they're cool. like how the fuck did you move <laughs> <laughs>
1: they're like the mothman picked up our town god yeah. damn it
0: i'm sure it's a credit to the production design i don't know yeah you know because we saw on buzzfeed unsolved when they went to point pleasant it mm-hmm. looks like this town oh yeah. No, yeah i would believe it i'm not i didn't grow up there or nothing but <laughs> <laughs> well if you
1: believe yeah. it yeah. a guy
0: yeah. who's never <laughs> once set foot <laughs> But inside the motor Inn, he asked the hotel manager played by Tom Tully to point out where he is on a map. The manager says that they're on the state line. So he looks at the line between Virginia and West Virginia. But the manager corrects him with Ohio. Wait, what? Exactly. Now,
1: admittedly, I'm very bad with directions. (laughs) But this doesn't seem right.
2: No. Yeah, I would wonder how the fuck I ended up here.
0: How is it even possible? Yeah.
1: That coupled with the fact that this dude is saying uh, that right there, this map, yeah, I would yeah. believe I would. I, something's wrong.
0: Weird something's shit. Something's very yeah. wrong. We do see it on the map, though, and Point Pleasant is right on the border. A strong what the fuck rests uncomfortably on John's yeah. face. Yeah. The next morning, though, he calls Ed, telling him that it's absolutely impossible to have ended up this far from D.C., but Ed, the good friend that he is, says that he'll interview the governor on John's behalf since he can't make it. John gets off the phone, and we see that he's at an auto shop. Auto, (laughs) which, come on, (laughs) man. (laughs) 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 The mechanic, played by Zachary Mott, Tells him that auto his, car. Auto, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> two R's. It's like great to meet you. Make sure you spell that right.
3: <laughs> yes, double
0: check. <laughs> but he says that the car is running fine, zero issues. And John asks what he owes him, and Otto's like, nothing. I can't find anything wrong with it.
1: The way that he looks at him. Yeah, yeah.
0: he looks him up and down. <laughs> yes. It's like, have you been talking to Gordon like, Smaller? I know, that's what,
1: <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Does he know, or is he like, oh, your car broke down. There's nothing wrong with your car.
0: Or have you been talking to Sylvester Stallone? (laughs)
1: Right. (laughs) He's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Is it in there right now?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But then John walks through town as Pensive Piano plays and he sees the small woods coming out of a paint shop. Instead of steering clear, he walks up to Gordon and apologizes for their misunderstanding. He's like, are you sure it was me? But Gordon's like, look, I talked to Connie. You check out and everything. So I'm willing to let it go. But he says he doesn't drink anymore. He's not a liar. And he's not crazy. Before things get a little heated, John cools it down. He steps up closer to him. Way too close, if you ask me. yeah, <laughs> he's He's a little... He's... He's pretty close. It's weird because <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh because he's trying to cool down the situation, so he gets almost nose to nose with him, yeah, yeah. which is what you do before a fight. Yeah,
1: doesn't they make everyone calm down? Well,
0: uh,
1: he
2: didn't come off as threatening, no. but he was very close. Yeah, but, uh, I'd be
0: like, we can have. Yeah, and especially, so, now I can in- hear you.
3: In-, <laughs>
0: <laughs> in COVID times, we'd be like, whoa, hey, whoa, yeah, whoa, yeah. Hey, whoa, whoa. But John says that he's just confused. Somehow, in 90 minutes, he traveled 400 miles and ended up outside their house without any memory of the drive. Gordon's like, and you call me crazy and leaves.
1: Well, but no, nobody, nobody called ever crazy. Yeah. called That's crazy. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. He gets real. <laughs> you don't fucking use that C word around Gordon. He no. does not appreciate he's it. He's not
2: telling him that. He's saying something's wrong with him. Exactly. Like, yeah. that nobody's talking it's about like, you,
0: dude. Thank
1: you for the support. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's so like, confused. you're fucking crazy. <laughs> he's like, it was leaves. weird shit.
0: Ha- <laughs> hey, you're in that job. Yeah. You know what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> maybe you could explain it to me. But we then get a shot of the power plant at night belching smoke into the sky. So- This location does come up a lot later in the film, the chemical plant, Mm -hmm. but from my research of the Mothman, I do know that this is one of his, I guess, theories of his origin, is that as a result of power plant waste, birds in the area eventually mutated into what became the Mothman. And so I didn't know if that was a little nod to that. That's a lot. It's, that's <laughs> yeah. a lot. And that would take fucking forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. So.
1: All right. Um, I did want to say going back to John and Gordon, mm-hmm. I did appreciate John telling him I went, you know, 400 and something miles in an hour and a half. Yeah. Instead of just uh you know are you sure it was me or like being combative or something like i appreciate him being like no something fucking weird is happening and i want answers or i'm trying to get answers
0: i think and again he's finally starting to be a reporter yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but i think that that's the thing for me is that even though he talked to connie gordon he's like look i'm willing to forget it yeah yeah Which is him saying, I know it was you. (laughs) But But I can't, I have no support. Exactly. (laughs) So it's just, I mean, it's tough. But we cut to John's car speeding past a sign reading, leaving Point Pleasant. We see him park outside the Smallwoods house, which is probably a very dangerous place for him to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Probably the last place (laughs) he should be.
0: I don't know why. Why did he go back here again? I I understand why, but I don't understand why he had to park so close. Yeah. But he immediately gets a knock on his window and it's Connie.
1: Sir, this does not look good. No. No.
0: She says that she was afraid she would see him here. And we then see them in her cruiser together in the next shot, watching the small woods home from a distance Although he gave her no excuse for why he's there. Yeah. He's
1: like, Hey, yeah, <laughs> I'm Richard Gere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it took? I feel like even if I look, if I'm Connie, I literally met this dude last night. I've known the small woods for Forever, years. Yeah. yeah. So I would say, Oh, so this motherfucker pulled a fast one. Yeah. yeah. He is that guy that's been showing up. You're under arrest throw away the Yeah, she's like
1: let's see how this plays out yeah (laughs) yeah because he's
0: sitting in the fucking front seat with her and everything yeah like not even in the back yeah he's like nope you're gonna see (laughs) so you're gonna feel real stupid for handcuffing me (laughs) but no she's like sharing her coffee with him. yeah connie's like i want to see some freaky shit (laughs) like there's some snacks in the But the clock switches over to 2.35 a.m. And we see Gordon, (laughs) he's like walking outside very pissed off with his shotgun. With his shotgun. Which was against the rules. Yeah, Yeah. he had
1: it ready. But
0: he was ready to shoot the doppelganger, I guess. And Mm kind of pissed off that he didn't get to. (laughs) (laughs) But Connie's like, hey, you didn't show up. John jokingly says that he really wanted to know what he looked like. But this is when the follow-up questions begin, and he asks her finally about the strange things that have been happening recently. John says that if there's anyone in town sharing his level of confusion, he'd love to know about it. This is when Connie spills the tea. The past few months, people she knows and trusts have been telling her that they've been seeing things. She says it's hard to explain, so instead of telling him, she takes him to the file room at the police station.
1: Because, you know, we needed a research
0: secret. Yeah. Exactly. And this is the first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it did make me laugh, though, because she just met this dude. But she's like, yeah, come look at the secret come files. Yeah. I
1: the only I only explain this away because he is a like journalist. Official yeah. right, right. Journalist, whatever. Right. And she's
0: seen him on TV. So, yeah. She knows. So yeah. it's not.
1: I mean, it is still kind of hilarious. Uh, uh,
0: <laughs> but I think it's funny because literally it cuts and she's just dumping files <laughs> on a desk. Yeah. So so there, right. there, There is everything
2: that would i'd be like so there's more yeah like, this is like oh my god yeah that's
1: terrifying also the editing here when they're looking at everything is incredibly dramatic <laughs> oh, like it is. to the point <laughs> where it was almost funny to me.
0: <laughs> personally i i want to say that i like the editing in this film <laughs> even though maybe i like it because it's ridiculous sometimes yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> it is <laughs> not in like a bad way no but, but very much
0: but they comb through incident reports and we see various close-up shots of the paperwork listing all kinds of incidents of people having seen the Mothman around Point Pleasant. In the shots, we see phrases like red eyes, very upset, feeling uneasy. After we see the fearful face of Lucy Griffin, played by Anne McDonough, we see the word moth-like. Now, I don't know why they <laughs> showed her there. Because we will be meeting her shortly. Yeah. And we could have just seen it then. little teaser. So
2: this is just... Like confirming that Mothman has been on his shit for a little while.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> he's on his bullshit. Know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's been just fucking about Point Pleasant <laughs> yeah. for a while. Right. And for on, some time. on the Honestly, doing a bad job if he's being spotted yeah. every time. I don't think he gives a fuck. Does he not care? Yeah, yeah I
1: don't think so. I
0: just got to stretch my wings. It's not my yeah. fault.
1: <laughs> Why are you looking? Yeah. That's the real question. It's a
0: you problem. <laughs> <laughs> But Connie says that there have been strange lights, weird phone calls, and of course, this whole doppelganger thing with the small woods. She says UFOs are one thing, but what do you do when someone says they saw this in their backyard? She passes a drawing to John, and it looks nearly identical to the ones he found in Mary's notebook. Now, it's clear, at least for the production, that the same motherfucker did (laughs) (laughs) all the drawings, (laughs) but he asks who showed it to her. Connie then takes John the next morning to meet Lucy, the woman that we randomly saw in flashes earlier. Lucy directs their attention to a large tree near her house, saying that she saw him there. With the size of the tree and where he stood, she estimates his height to be around eight feet. Good. Eight, yeah. (laughs) Much better. It'd be weird if she was that terrified. She was like, he was about six feet
3: tall. (laughs) What?
0: I'm sorry. But she says that she was getting ready for bed and she saw him outside her window. She says all she saw was two red eyes and was almost put in a trance. In a flashback to that night, we see the camera rise above her house as she says that it just kind of took off. Nat Griffin, her son played by Shane Callahan, comes out to join the group. Now, he has no lines. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But he is present.
0: Yeah, he's just like, tell it, mom. (laughs) (laughs) He's moral support. I guess so. But John... Notices a burn mark on the tree similar to what he found on the front bumper of Mary's car. Mm. That's a problem. Offense yeah. even evidence. <laughs> See Joe Goldberg. He-
1: <laughs> Why was he there?
0: I don't know. Oh, is he- was he
1: peeping?
0: I. He's yeah. like, oh shit, she spotted. Trying to get a little
1: freaky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's him
0: flying away. By the way. <laughs> I think that, and this is the thing that happened in real life, allegedly, is that around this time everybody is seeing the mothman right like it's like 20 30 40 sightings that's
1: what i'm saying that he can't give a he must yeah. not give a fuck
0: so i feel like this is just one that he's like okay well i tried to fucking tell them right and they just screamed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe i can try this lady maybe she's like oh fuck yeah. she's getting dressed i'm gonna look like a goddamn creeper and then he flies away
1: maybe you should, should take a, a tip from the angels and start with now Do don't not. be afraid yeah. i know how i look yes. okay
0: i don't freak out. help you help that <laughs> <laughs> Or why not the fucking daytime?
3: I Knock mean, on the door. no. Uh, maybe he's using John the, mothman Maybe he's <laughs>
1: using the dark to conceal his scariness.
0: That's uh, fair. And yeah. if something
1: fucking walked up like that to me in the daytime, I'd probably be even more scared.
0: Well, he doesn't even he, look. He doesn't even need to shop at a big and tall shop. Just get a coat. <laughs> no.
1: and oh, then
2: well, if he's a moth, he's covered in fur. A right? cloak. Oh, that's true.
1: Is he covered in fur?
0: Moths are furry.
1: I guess. Uh. I just know that from the statue that they have, he's ripped and he has a fucking donk. Yeah, (laughs) dude. Oh, yeah. got a juicy ass.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It didn't look furry. I believe the youngins these days Uh. call it cake. Cake, (laughs) 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 Mothman's got cake. He does. Well, so all the... (laughs) <laughs> you're telling me that during the day he's somewhere off in the wilderness yeah. just fucking doing crunches and squats.
1: Yeah, and then,
0: and then at night he's freaking the fuck out of everyone. Well, at yeah, time. maybe
1: he should start like approach people by walking backwards and yeah. they'll be distracted like, by the cake. Damn, look at they're that. Like, ass, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's she fucking thick or he thick, no. and then like, they turn around and now they're your attention.
0: Yeah, but- <laughs> <laughs> with his big red that, eyes, that's, that's even <laughs> scarier. <laughs> Look, we're just offering suggestions.
1: <laughs> what he what he's currently doing is it's not, not right. well,
2: <laughs> Do you think if some I'm only sculpted now. cheeks came at you uh, in the and nighttime? Then, yeah, in the nighttime, then some wings opened and turned around. I this mean, monster's <laughs> like wait you're not gonna stay
0: can you does he not control no, the wings yeah. like <laughs> good, good lord it's excited we, he's <laughs> like hey someone's here we need to workshop this mothman
1: oh my god we
0: will be your PR team. <laughs> like gladly
1: yeah no for sure
0: Maybe just contact
1: he, us but ask first yeah <laughs>
2: Maybe if he was the size of Danny (laughs) DeVito, it'd be Uh fine.
0: It would be. Well, like crawling out of
2: the
1: couch. I'll go go talk to
0: him. (laughs) (laughs) We see eye to eye. But after John sees the burn mark on the tree, I have to double back because that was a lot. (laughs) He gets flashbacks to the night of the accident with Mary, watching as a moth-like shape makes contact with the bumper and he hears Mary's voice again asking, you didn't see it, did you? the camera then floats away from the griffin's home this i was like is that the mothman watching yeah is it a matter oh, of oh i yeah. thought it was
1: like because didn't he fly away
0: no this was like you saw richard gear yeah and he's everybody was there yeah they're all outside no i'm he, saying
1: when she's retelling it didn't and she like and then he just flew away he's like yeah. later bitch maybe that's like the view of him no no because he said <laughs> he was not there in that moment no well, he couldn't, he couldn't we would have seen him in the yeah. frame yeah. back there
0: <laughs> like looking over Are
3: they talking
1: about me I hope me? she
0: tells him
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's how I took it is that's what it what that was the experience for him running All away right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know <laughs> i get it when it's the night of but on on the day i don't know i thought the same thing yeah i was (laughs)
2: like why is he he was just waiting in the tree or what because he's not there no so what else could it be
0: what i feel like is they're trying to give almost as if he's always a presence in this town right he sees all he knows all
1: is he santa claus
0: uh he doesn't bring anything (laughs) except yeah And an ass that won't quit.
1: (laughs) He's got cake and a sack (laughs) full of bad news.
0: But in the next scene, Connie and John arrive at the firehouse. Chief Josh Jarrett, played by Nesbitt Blaisdell, plays a loud screeching recording for them. He says it started two months ago and he'd hear it every time he answered the phone. It started as beeping and then turned into howling sounds. And one time it was a man talking really fast, but he couldn't understand it, assuming it was a foreign language. And we get mad when people call about auto warranties and yeah. shit. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Imagine if it's just me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <But laughs> he says they've had the lines checked and the number changed. But before he could give out the new number, the calls returned. We then get a shot of the Silver Bridge over the Ohio River before cutting to Connie and John back in town in Point and Pleasant.
1: The thought of him making phone calls is interesting. Yeah yeah i mean and i don't know the guy just seems so annoyed by- yeah. <laughs> but it's like is your refrigerator running yeah. like, just i'm laughing. changing this number
0: like god damn it <laughs> um, it's interesting because in the book a lot of disparate supernatural and weird events are talked about right but in the movie they're all brought together
1: so in the book are all of these things attributed to Mothman proper or is it just also weird shit that's happening But in the movie they're like, no, it was all,
0: (laughs) I think that's, what's weird about the book is because when they talk to people, they tell these stories, but they don't say explicitly that it is the Mothman. They talk about like random lights that they see. They talk about the phone calls they see people in town that are weird and asking all kinds of questions. Now, it's very ridiculous because a lot of these questions are asked about John Keel, which feels a little <laughs> <laughs> like egotistical. He's like, and they were asking about me. I'm like, no, they weren't.
1: thought anybody was talking no, about year. No, they
0: were not. Year. And the thing is, that's also weird is that he changes what he thinks because a lot of this stuff with the UFOs right. seems extraterrestrial. Yeah. But then he's like, I don't think that there's an extraterrestrial origin for the Mothman. I think it's ultra terrestrial, which isn't like it on steroids or anything. What it is, is (laughs) he's saying that it's coming from not our universe or any galaxy. It's coming from another plane of existence entirely. Another universe. It's fucking weird. Again, that's why I'm glad glad they left out a lot of shit.
1: So, but then it is his assertion that this is all Mothman related
0: related but not that he's doing everything because so
1: when he's around weird shit happens
0: apparently because or a lot like of stuff is attributed to
1: Skinwalker Ranch situation maybe
0: because a lot of stuff is attributed to people who have names right like he he gets calls from people uh, one guy is named Mr. Apple <laughs> <laughs> Like, and and you're already laughing. I'm sorry. And you you see why he was cut from the film.
1: I would love a deleted
0: scene with Mr. Mr. Apple. But it's very odd because they don't exactly explain these origins in the book either. It's called The Mothman Prophecies, the book. Yeah. But much like the film, there's not enough Mothman. Yeah. Yeah. But in conversation, John finds out that Connie has lived here her whole life. After John accidentally puts his foot in his mouth regarding her growing up on a farm, (laughs) when in fact she did not, she says that folks who are telling these stories are good, honest people. At the motel, John is on the phone with Ed again, who is confused as to why he's still in West Virginia. He's like, what of national importance could be coming from West Virginia? And John says that it's scientifically important. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. But when Ed says that their editor is getting a little antsy about his absence, John asks him to just keep him at bay. He then places a photo of Mary in the corner of his mirror and then leaves the hotel room.
1: I mean, at least he has his back. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't he like, I'll take care of it or whatever. So I mean, at least it's a little funny to me that John is just like not working anymore. (laughs) He's (laughs) supposed to leave to go interview someone. He never made it there. He never did the interview. And now he's just... I'm in Point Pleasant now. It's just, it's (laughs) funny.
0: I'm confused because if I'm John and I'm working for the Washington Post. Right. This story has fallen in my lap.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you have resources.
0: Pitch it to your editor.
1: That's what
2: I didn't. I was like, why are you not talking about this?
1: Maybe it's too personal at this point because of the connection with his wife. I don't know. But for me, I would be using every resource available to me through the paper to get to the bottom of
0: The Mothman. Mr. Apple. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that, first of all, this is the perfect pitch because it's personal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With new journalism, he can even make himself a character in his own story. Right. Just do it. Right. But instead, he's like, uh, tell him you like his tie. He'll go away.
3: (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck?
0: (laughs) But we watch as John and Connie pull up to a somewhat secluded area to meet CJ, played by Dan Callahan, and Holly, played by Kristen Frame. In flashbacks to their story, CJ explains that they were parked up here, making out. It rains outside their window, and as they're getting at it, a bright light beams through the back window of their car. In flashes of red light, we see a moth-like creature raise its wings before it disappears. We watch them cling to each other in fear, and he says that the next day when he woke up, his eyes were swollen, and it wasn't from crying like a baby or nothing. (laughs) The doctor (laughs) couldn't even explain it himself. Which doesn't make any sense because it's clearly conjunctivitis.
1: Uh, no, no, it's magic. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. First of all, though, Mothman, be cock blocking. And I, I, yeah, I don't, I, uh, this I, is an instance where I don't understand them. Like, unless he's son of Sam or the fucking Zodiac, <laughs> I don't uh, know why he cares uh-huh. that these two people are, you know, about I to get him in thing. the car. Yeah. I don't, what did you I, just say? Uh, about <laughs> to show the flesh in the car. All right. Yeah. I don't get that. And also, is he like no, Remember that shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why did he permanently fuck up his eye?
2: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't understand that either. And I thought the same thing. I was like, like, Why, why are do you, you care? Why are you bothered, Mothman? They're not, yeah, they're not <laughs> doing anything over there. Bad man.
0: I think wherever Mothman's from they're just really really bad at timing right because this (laughs) woman's changing he's like fuck (laughs) these people are trying to have sex he's like god damn it (laughs) but he's like wait listen real (laughs) quick (laughs)
1: <laughs> i mean but again you're not saying anything you're not you know you were just coming off very scary
0: he should have been like
1: i bring you love yeah, yeah i was gonna
2: say maybe he's like building the courage to kill him and then they it's it's like, nah. they see him and he's like oh shit see, and he runs away and
0: i f- now this is honestly slasher behavior yeah yeah the way he's showing up <laughs> yeah. but i he's feel like, like horny teen, yeah. Yeah. not on yeah. my watch mm, i feel like he's benevolent
1: I feel like that's what I want to think. Yeah. But looking at all the evidence in this movie, like, it seems like he's having fun. Like, it seems like he's just messy for a lot of the time.
0: There's one scene later that he's just having a ball. Yeah.
1: And (laughs) I'm confused. I I mean, I don't want... I'm, I'm here for a complicated Mothman. Right. Like, maybe some days he's just, you know, mad because nobody's listening to him and he wants to fuck some shit up. But if we could lean in a little further to the trying to help, then I feel like this would make a little more sense.
0: Mm. One, I don't like the idea of Mothman choosing violence.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and two, the thing about the eyes is there is a kind of conjunctivitis that bright lights will cause. Right. And so I don't understand how a doctor doesn't know that. Yeah.
1: um, Because the Mothman's around. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't know. It's just Mothman's motivation is odd. And I I can't really talk fully about it right now, but I can soon. Mm -hmm. And it's a little confusing.
0: Yeah, I would agree. But Connie raises her flashlight to CJ's face and we see that his eyes are bloodshot and there is redness on the lower lid all the way down to his cheek on his right eye.
1: Um, Richard Gere should have gagged like Gregory Peck.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would have fucking died. i forgot all of
1: us. <laughs> i will
2: never forget no them. that's baked
0: in <laughs> but cj says that his eye never healed holly says we're getting engaged though or we're engaged or we're getting married yeah. or something. and john's like that's good yeah
1: well it's like small town bullshit right. it's like yeah we we were necking in the car but like we're gonna get married though like, oh
0: so it was like a defense thing I, that's nah. how i took it i was like i don't care Do you have any more (laughs) Mothman stories or not? She's
1: like, yeah, his eyes fucked up, but I'm still going to marry him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's not a deal breaker. But that night, John receives a call on the phone in his motel room. He answers it, but gets no response. He then gets out of bed and seemingly senses some weird energy. We hear a growling noise and then transition to the next scene. I don't know what the fuck just happened. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Me neither.
0: This is one of the scenes that I'm like, I don't yeah. know if this needed to be here.
1: There's a couple uh, scenes. Like yeah. That, <laughs> no. But I'm like, is this too much too fast? Like, I don't. I, 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 does he just have the willies because we were just talking about? I mean, I don't know. I. It was confusing.
0: I think that the big scene a second ago with the couple was enough. No, it was right, enough. Right,
1: <laughs> It was enough for sure.
0: Hence my answer at the beginning. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But in a POV shot, we glide over Point Pleasant before we're taken to an appliance store where John is looking at tape recorders. Gordon bumps into him, saying he needs to talk to him. He gets real close. I guess this is just their thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's a close talker.
0: I'm not a fan. But he tells John that he woke up last night with the worst headache he's ever had. And when he went to the bathroom to get some aspirin, he looked into the mirror and the reflection staring back at him was not him or anything else that he could describe.
1: That's concerning. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and there's more. <laughs> <But wait. laughs>
0: As if this wasn't enough, he then heard a howling noise coming from the sink, followed by a voice saying, do not be afraid. Ninety nine will die. Denver nine. He says he wrote it down and the voice repeated it for an hour. For an (laughs) hour. (laughs) Damn, he's still going off. He's looking at his watch. (laughs) Fuck me. I gotta get some sleep. I gotta work in the morning. (laughs) Are you leaving the room and then coming back? He's he's still fucking going? (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, my voice? (laughs) Because I've been howling all night. Um But even more, he shows John the paper that he wrote the message on, and it includes a Mothman-style drawing along with red and pink smears, and Gordon says he did not draw it.
1: So, a self-portrait. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it made me laugh a little bit because he's like, I wrote down what he said or whatever. He's like, and then when I woke up, I'm like, you went back to sleep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we're just up for the night.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I'm never sleeping yeah. again. No, we're putting on some Nine, Always 10, Sunny.
0: Never to... sleep again. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> But lost time and weird messages, like I said, pop up a lot in the book. Drawings, not so much. I don't remember anything about that. No. Granted, I did read it at two times speed. <laughs> <laughs> but the men leave the store together. But when they stop at a crosswalk, Gordon stares off, transfixed on something. John points at his ear uneasily and tells him that it's bleeding and we see that it is. The camera swirls around them and we cut to another overhead shot of Point Pleasant, a large shadow cast over it before the screen is overtaken by the color red and we fade into the next scene.
1: That was a lot. That was yeah. a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's got them chasing nothing.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Uh, <laughs> He's just having a blast. Yeah, That's
1: what I'm saying. Like. And it, it only gets worse <laughs> <laughs> as far as his motivations. Like, I don't get it. And I'll make your eye bleed. I'll make your ear
0: bleed. Yeah. And uh-huh. then
1: now you just, now this is just your life. So Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. And let me draw a quick picture of myself. Like, yeah. I don't.
0: I'll sign it, Mothman.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm so
0: confused. <laughs> so in the in the book, I forgot to mention this. There's the character, not a character, it's a real person, by the name of Mary Heyer. And she was the a journalist in Point Pleasant that went with John Keel on a lot of these interviews. Uh-huh. Mary is basically the stand-in for Connie. All right. Except, you know, Mary was not a cop. Right. Yeah, yeah. But making both of them journalists in a movie, I guess, would be a little weird. Right. And so you make her a cop, you give her the standing in the town, et cetera. But there was a girl who was the niece of Mary named Connie. (laughs) Okay. And she (laughs) was 19. And I believe that Connie is Holly of the couple of CJ and Holly that we just met.
1: This isn't confusing at all.
0: (laughs) But Connie is the one whose ears bled. And so they gave that to Gordon. So you see they're incorporating (laughs) elements, but completely changing who is who. And it happens a lot because Gordon's not even Gordon in the book. But yeah, of course not. What the fuck? I'll just save that for a rainy day, I guess. (laughs) But in the next scene, Gordon is accompanied by his wife and John at a doctor's office to get this whole ear bleeding thing checked out. Doctor Williams, played by Ron Thomas, gives him a clean bill of health, but Gordon's like, "Are you sure this man's wife had a tumor?" Yeah, I'm yeah. like, "This, <laughs> yeah. that's a lot." If I were the
1: doctor, I'd definitely be offended. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't understand what this has to do with. <laughs> yeah, uh, Your Honor, relevancy. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, okay,
0: it's like, are you ma- Are you married? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm very confused. I don't
1: understand.
0: But the doctor says that he is sure but John elaborates saying that Gordon had hallucinations and heard voices asking specifically about glioblastoma, but the doctor says that everything's pizza. (laughs) (laughs) To allay their fears, he offers to send Gordon to a specialist, but Denise declines. Gordon storms out, muttering to John that the doctor is lying. Denise catches up with him in the hallway, telling him that there's nothing wrong with him. She keeps repeating it almost as a mantra to get herself to believe it.
1: Well, because, I mean wouldn't you want to hold on to that that this doctor said everything's fine yeah of course gordon's like no you better fucking find something you better tell me i'm dying well
0: i've been like no stop stop everything's (laughs) good like just leave it alone i think that i get where gordon's coming from though because i've gone to the doctor for a problem and he's like no you're fine i'm like no i'm I'm not not." (laughs) yeah i'm not though so i get why he's frustrated but
1: (laughs) you just this is just you now yeah
0: (laughs) this is normal yeah this is normal get used to it If a doctor ever said, get used to it. (laughs) (laughs) But we zoom out from the dirty kitchen sink where Gordon heard the voice and we hear whispers as well as Gordon's startled shout. (coughs) I feel like this would have been better placed whenever he was telling him. but sure. We then cut to the silver bridge with cars driving across it and birds scattering from it. It's almost as if they want to keep reminding us it exists.
1: I don't think so. I oh. think it's just uh-uh. it's just there. See
0: sometimes I read into things Yeah, and no,
1: you're being a little extra. It's just a bridge.
0: I apologize to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but later at a restaurant, the smallwoods are having dinner across from John. I laughed because Gordon look Gordon's been going through he it. He
1: is going through it. And yeah. a lot of shit's
0: been happening. But he's also drinking a milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why that was so funny to me. <laughs> we find our comfort where we yeah. can get it. Okay? I, Okay. He is, again, probably the worst time in his life. Yeah. Chocolate milkshake, please. If,
1: <laughs> well, if that chocolate milkshake gives you a moment of peace, yeah. fair. order the fucking milkshake.
0: I'll allow it. But Gordon still insists that something is wrong with him. And when Denise says there isn't, he says that he wishes there was so it could explain what's going on with him. Now, this is the part that I understand.
1: No, I get that.
0: But Denise does not like that. Gordon asks John if Mary was hearing voices before she had her tumor. But John is clearly distracted by something else. He tells Gordon that she didn't. But he stares off and rises out of his seat, walking toward a television in the corner of the diner. He turns it up as the news anchor shares that flight number nine out of Denver has crashed, presumably killing all 99 passengers and crew members on board. Gordon closes his eyes like, motherfucker.
1: I would throw up.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I know it's
1: on brand for me, but literally, that would have thrown up
0: before the news. Yeah, Yeah.
1: especially if John also had a milkshake. That shit is coming (laughs) right back up.
0: But John returns to the table and they once again get way too close. Now. These predictions happen a lot in the book. Uh The only thing is that it gets kind of ridiculous. Right. He'll have things like this where, and again, this is John Keel's interpretation of the events. Right, right. He would hypnotize people from Point Pleasant. And through their hypnotism, he would speak to other beings. And these beings, he assumed, were ultra-terrestrials from another dimension. And they would tell him shit like, and it was very funny because he said that they would say that planes would crash and he said they would on like cue or whatever, yeah. like on time they would from the predictions. But he also said that he would get phone calls and this is where he loses me telling him again, this is sixty six, sixty seven, right, of the assassinations of Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy. And he said that he tried to get in contact with Martin Luther King, but it was too late and I'm like, that never happened. <laughs> so some things I'm like, oh, interesting. And other right. things, that's why navigating through this book, I understand why they cut out a lot of shit. Yeah, right. it's like
1: you're doing too much. Exactly. <laughs> the
0: second reel it in. The second you've got me, you throw me back like a fish into yeah. the water, and I swim the fuck away.
2: Uh, <laughs> so was the Mothman trying to be uh, like he was trying to save these people? Was that's, he trying to warn that's or what?
1: My I don't concern in question.
2: I, I'm not understanding now. What
1: Like, if, if this was a warning, why why are you saying it like a riddle? Like, yeah. why like give me specific dates and times and where I can go to say, hey, this plane is going to crash Something. without me getting yeah. arrested. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I just feel like it's very much like, I fucking told you that would happen. Like, it, it's messy. And I don't like this messy depiction of Mothman, I think. No,
0: I think Mothman is way more... He's not... As, I would he's a cryptid but i don't like how cryptic he's being yeah, yeah. i would much prefer i mean
1: granted be explicit in all yeah. fairness <laughs> yes
0: he did say flight number nine basically number nine 99 will no, die he just, said right. nine. he just said nine but he said denver nine flight nine out of denver i guess you gotta that, piece it together no that's a
1: fucking lot that's it, not what i would think at he's all he's like
0: look there's an airport yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> tell you need to tell me like that and then you need to give me like directions on how to get there and i don't mean head north i mean turn right at mcdonald's yeah. no. directions like that i
0: need mothman to be apple maps yes. yeah. <laughs> except actually work because it's just confused the thing is though is that in the book they describe calls that he got john keel where they were vague like that and then he said straight up that sometimes they didn't even know what they were saying or what they were talking about so i again i think that the the film is trying to streamline a lot of weird shit right that just flat out doesn't make any sense but they're including it because it was part of the experience. Yeah. I guess
1: it just feels like it just makes Mothman. It paints him in a bad light. It does, <laughs> and I, I don't like it.
0: What's weird is in the book, it's not Mothman. These are <laughs> these are uh, these are separate uh, entities altogether. And there's see. like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of them.
1: It's it just feels like I mean he's a literal being. Yes, mm-hmm. that you saw, and then he flew away. He also flew into a brain. Mm-hmm. He also. And he
0: became the brain. <laughs>
1: draw, yeah. He's drawing self-portraits. He's in yeah. the drain like fucking Pennywise. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I, I'm, I'm a little confused. That's all. Mm-hmm. Plus, the scene was funny to me because they played it as like a huge revelation for John. Yeah. Uh, and John's not the one that got the message. Yeah. <laughs> It's I like, can we like focus on Gordon a little bit? John
0: should have been uh, enjoying his dinner. Yeah, and then Gordon's yeah. like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, like,
1: this is not about you. Sit down. I just thought it was funny.
0: Oh, have another milkshake, please. But, yeah. he, right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what, but what was he? Was uh, the top writer or the top editor? Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly.
3: He's a star, star,
0: star yeah, reporter, yeah, I remember. So. I'm starting to not believe that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the scene gives way to a static blur, and then we pan over a book about unexplained phenomena by Alexander Leake. As we pan over police files and photographs, we hear John on the phone with Leek, played by Alan Bates, trying to get details about his theories on prophecies. Leek says anything he needs is in the book, and after being a little cagey and honestly a bit dickish, he rushes off the phone saying he's not in that field anymore.
1: Like, sorry, bruh. Yeah. Yeah. This is literally like the professional equivalent of my name is Paul and the shit's between y'all. <laughs> yeah. Like he could not get off the phone fast no, enough. No, he's
0: like, look, it's clear the Mothman chose you. I'm yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that night at Connie's house, John says the voices Gordon heard were actually predictions that came true. She asks if it was a dream or a hallucination and he says they sound like dreams, but Gordon believes they're real. Then she reveals something very interesting. She had a dream like that. She describes the dream as we watch it play out. She was in the middle of the ocean at night, and it was too cold for her to swim, so she looked around for something to hold on to. She saw nothing but Christmas presents floating in the water, and eventually she sank. She goes very poetic with it, though, saying she was letting go, but felt peace with the fact that she was dying. She even begins to cry while telling it, but then she says that she heard a voice whisper in her ear, wake up, number 37, and then she woke up. She asks what John thinks number 37 means, but he has no idea. He's obviously never seen Clerks. <laughs> <laughs> but he wipes a tear from her face, which is a little familiar.
1: Uh, really intimate, I thought. Mm-hmm. Laura Lenny's really great here, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but with what John just experienced, Gordon is told these numbers that add up to this tragedy mm-hmm. resulting in death. She has this weird prophetic dream that has numbers in it at this point i think that something bad is about to happen at christmas present ocean
0: (laughs) 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 we should look into that we
1: should look into it after what you just experienced he's like whoa what a fucking weird dream man yeah Uh, like what
2: i'm still stuck on him touching her cheek like that yes
1: yeah that was out of pocket uh, (laughs) yeah
2: because uh we never seen them clapping cheeks or, Clap or cheeks. are you well you know what i mean we never we you don't know what ever I mean. but when there is no establishing
0: no the, uh, when
1: he was a prosecutor or when he was a defense attorney and she was a prosecutor <laughs> oh, they did fuck. use to date.
0: <laughs> they had a change in career. They have yeah. a history <laughs> you don't that doesn't just go, go away. away no i the numbers though i'm getting a little tired of these mathematics yeah uh,
1: <laughs> no that's what i'm
0: saying yeah just to
1: fucking lay just
0: it tell out me. Yeah. i'm dumb or mom, just man. write me a letter of yeah. something you this can is draw just... your
2: own fucking visage right so <laughs> if you're giving me these numbers i get the riddle wrong and then yeah.
1: it's like no 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 no, no. yeah and, and then
0: it, I, and then i gotta see it on the news later yeah. yeah
1: quite frankly yeah you're rubbing my nose in it at this point he's like I, oh you couldn't solve it <laughs> i gave you all the information <laughs> though So he's in the drain like Pennywise. He's broadcasting in your dreams like fucking Prince of Darkness. Uh I think Mothman is just a film buff. And he's really just feeling everything out and seeing what works for him.
0: Personally, I'm here for it. Yeah. (laughs) And he's showing things out of order like Pulp Fiction.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You got to do something while you do those squats.
0: He's watching movies. It's like, damn, this is what they're doing out there? (laughs) All right. Sucks I'm I'm a Mothman. I can't. But I do want to point out that Mary Heyer, who again, Connie is based on, had a similar dream or so they claim. And the dream was supposedly had on November 19th, 1967 before, you know, anything happened. Something, right. yeah. But in the next scene, we see Gordon driving his truck out to what appears to be the middle of nowhere. I imagine this is what, like the TNT, whatever place they said. Right. Yeah. exists in Point Pleasant. But lights flash around him and he stops the truck. The next day on his property, he tells John that he met the man who told him about the plane crash. He says he was driving home the night prior and he was going past the cement plant by the chemical factory. This is when something happened. We flash back to that night and through a ton of quick cuts and filters, we see Gordon almost unable to breathe in his truck as the camera whips around. Off in the distance, we see a silhouette with wings, but the wings disappear as the figure approaches Gordon's truck. He says that's when he spoke, and it was the same voice from the sink. He said, do not be afraid. My name is Indrid Cold. In a place this size, equator, 300 will die. Wait for me. I will return. I will see you in time. He walks away into the mist, and Gordon just nods his head like, hell yeah, sounds good, man. But... (laughs) That was it.
1: Don't you have any good news ever?
0: Uh, (laughs) no. Well, fuck. I would look, I would rather somebody tell me about bad shit that's going to happen. than just, you know, fill me with candy.
1: Okay. Cryptically tell you about bad shit. That's going to happen that you might not even figure out in time and that you can't even prevent.
0: He is not perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like he's
2: doing the best he can with what he's got. So this is another one of his, uh, abilities i guess he can he can like transform be a human. person yeah yeah Here,
0: now here's the problem in the book right as i said they're separate entities right indrid cold in the book is not the mothman and so Who is
1: is who's, he
0: he's just a being from another realm all right does he
1: have a fat ass? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, see you're the, you're you should be a reporter asking these important <laughs> questions um i do not know whether or not he's caked up But I do know (laughs) that he would give these cryptic messages and he gave them to a guy called Woodrow, I believe. And Woodrow is Gordon in the film. But the thing about Indrid Cold is that he wasn't the only one. Like I said, Mr. Apple and all that shit. Right. But the movie does the smart thing by not only streamlining all of that into one entity, but streamlining Indrid Cold to be the Mothman as well. Right. I think it's a very smart way of handling it versus i know we've been talking about the mothman (laughs) but there's (laughs) There's also also this guy
1: (laughs) (laughs) why is his book titled the mothman prophecies because it sounds like mothman's uh, just like a side character that is a great fucking question Yeah. yeah um
0: he even leaves out something in the book that eyewitnesses had said and that involves the mothman
1: can you tell us?
0: I'll tell you when we get to it. Because okay. right. it really makes no sense if you're going to call the goddamn book yeah. the Mothman Prophecies. He's
1: like, no, that's too much. <laughs> that's
0: too much. <laughs> I did very quickly want to go over a story that happened to Nay when we were children involving the name Indrid Cold.
1: I was wondering if you were going to bring this up. I
0: have to because it's the funniest fucking thing ever mm. to me and I'm already building it up. People are like, it wasn't that yeah. funny. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard funnier shit. But basically what happened was nay was what you were 13 14 probably her ex-boyfriend at the time or boyfriend
1: i think ex i'm all 14 that's my ex
0: he let me just put it this way nay started receiving emails from someone named indrid cold with a k with a k even though it's a c in the movie movie. he didn't want to get sued but (laughs) the emails were cryptic Right, they were creepy. Uh-huh. They were frightening. Now this went on a month, two months for a little bit. Yeah, went on for a while. Right, we were having theories. We had fucking Pepe Sylvia <laughs> <laughs> in the room trying to figure shit out. Long story short, Ney's ex boyfriend emails her clearly as himself and uh, ends the email with his name and everything, and accidentally sends it from the injured cold address. Uh. <laughs> And I don't think did you ever call him on it or no? Or were I you just honestly like d- I him?
3: honestly
1: don't remember. But when um his name came up in the movie, I was like, man, yeah. I fucking <laughs> remember it because <laughs> we were like.
0: <laughs> we thought we were the next uh, prophecy people. I'm like, give
1: me some fucking facts yeah. and be specific. No numbers. At least, yeah. you, at least it's an email. I can, you know, look at it visually. That's
0: funny. Yeah,
1: uh, it's really embarrassing. Actually. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's just funny to me that he made that mistake.
1: <laughs> well, it's such a rookie mistake. Like, it, it's it's hilarious. What if you listen to this?
0: Yeah. Well, he knows we remember.
1: <laughs> we knew the whole time. Yeah.
0: Fucking liar no (laughs) it's not that serious
1: i'm thankful for my husband because i sure could pick him
0: (laughs) eventually you got it right (laughs) but in present day john is in total disbelief but this is when gordon hands him a newspaper with a headline reading earthquake in ecuador more than 300 people killed
1: so mothman had only read the word ecuador he didn't know how yeah. to pronounce it it's um, like it's like
0: epitome when we had that <laughs> yeah. friend that said epitome. epitome
1: yeah uh how the fuck did you want me to prevent an earthquake yeah.
0: that's not something we can help no. i mean
1: this is more man you didn't figure it i told yeah. you but, equator but, i told you but gordon
0: you, you didn't though yeah that's not I, I don't understand and you said a town this size yeah what the fuck does that mean yeah, how do you know
2: where? Super specific. It's, yeah, where it's gonna hit.
0: <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've seen a globe in a while, but that's a big fucking line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of stretches the whole thing, but no big deal. Also, Gordon could have just made this up after seeing the newspaper. Yeah, yeah, because he that, had it that day. That made me. No, sh-
1: that made me laugh too because he tells him the whole story and he's like, "Now check this <laughs> shit out." <laughs>
0: it's Like now you're just like, fucking with it me. It would
1: have been cool if they went into town and walked past like a newspaper stand or something and gordon's like oh fuck like this was really funny yeah he's like no hold the phone
0: (laughs) was this like a pickup shot or reshoots they're like we can't go back to town (laughs) (laughs) so you're just gonna have to have the paper (laughs) but later that day john goes directly to the source as we see him arriving at the cement plant to look around now something admittedly hilarious happens here for me he sees a giant hole in the side of the building and in his memory (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> he sees the scene with the orderly superimposed over the hole with the orderly framed by it saying she knew
1: <laughs> yeah so the orderly was the- Mothman, yeah. i guess uh, so confirmed
0: he got a job at the hospital real quick
1: yeah uh that's hilarious yeah. yes you've seen a lot of doorways since yeah. <laughs> that's true
0: <laughs> why it have to be this one but this is when he hears the echoes of Mary's sobs as the camera just flies away. So moments like this do kind of make it hard to defend the film.
2: Yeah.
1: Admittedly. Yeah. That's why I'm like, I love it. But why was, was he not- like,
0: that reminds me of that orderly. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, <"What?" laughs> that makes no sense. But back at the motel, John plays the fire chief's latest phone call over the tape recorder for Connie. It's just an incessant screeching noise, but he plays it very close to her. And you kind of wonder if they're going to kiss or not yeah
1: uh is this part of john keels he's like she totally wanted to bang
0: What? no online 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 yeah. <laughs> but the tension is broken by the sound of the phone ringing and john goes to answer it it's gordon he apologizes for yesterday but says that shit's getting real weird out here but then he drops the bomb indrid cold is there and he's standing right next to him John snaps into action, immediately telling Connie to get over to Gordon's now. She does, as asked, I don't want to say told because he's not in charge, (laughs) but John returns to the phone, asking to speak with Indrid Cold. Gordon passes the phone to him, and we hear a distorted voice say, hello, John Klein.
1: Gordon's like, expiation. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like, look. I got him right here yeah. like it's, it's just very i don't know
0: it's like you know that, that scared the shit uh, out of me you know that man you've been looking for yeah <laughs> well listen to this i heard you've been looking for the mothman yeah. bitch. <laughs> but he introduces himself as indrid cold and john starts recording the call to prove he is who he says he is he tells john that john's father was born in racine wisconsin he grew up in a greenhouse on Monroe Street, and he doesn't remember what his mother looks like. John's like, you had my curiosity, <laughs> but now you have my attention. <laughs> As another test, he throws his watch into his shoe and slides his shoe under the bed. He asks where his watch is, and injured Cold, very matter-of-factly, says, in your shoe, under the bed.
1: I like that he added under the bed. He's like, I know I saw that shit.
0: (laughs) It's funny because when he says in your shoe, that's not enough. But when he says under the bed, John's like, oh, (gasps) fuck. And the
1: the music like explodes. (laughs) A shoe's a normal place to put a watch. We
0: all keep our watches in our shoes. But he closes the drapes and turns off all the lights, picking up the phone again. Indrid says, very good, John. Thank you. Not sure why he says that. But John holds something in his hand and asks Indrid what it is. Indrid whispers in an echo, Chapstick. <laughs> <laughs> Iconic. Iconic.
1: Literally the moment I think of when I think of the Mothman prophecies. Uh, because me too. like, how do you make chapstick scary? But you did it. He's done it. Um this is what I'm saying when, I mean, this is like Mothman slander to me. This is bordering yeah. on when he turns off the lights and he's like, yeah, like, <laughs>
0: I'm like, why? Good.
3: why are you being like,
0: this? I don't know. I do want to point out that John does open his hand and he reveals, it is <laughs> <Chops>. uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it is. but he's like, you're reading my mind. Aren't you? Indrid says he doesn't need to do that. John then snags a book from his nightstand, randomly asking Indrid to read the third line from page 31. After he does so, he asks John if he needs more proof. He's like, God damn, I'm not a fucking parlor trick." Yeah,
2: I know. I was going <laughs> to say, How much longer are we doing yeah. this shit, dude? He's like, Well, <laughs>
0: how many fingers am I holding? Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Cold's like, Gordon, can, yeah. you said he was cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Now put that chapstick on those yeah. ashy ass yeah, <laughs>
0: God damn. I can see them from here. And shut the I fuck can know. I don't even need my sight. I can hear their ashy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We then see Connie racing to Gordon's house, sirens blaring as the conversation continues. When asked what he looks like, Indrid says it depends on who's looking. So again, it's that perception thing. Right. John says that he wants to meet Indrid, but he says that they've already met. He's seen him afraid. In fact, he's afraid right now. John then asks what happened to Mary. Indrid says John was there, but Mary can't be found by looking. He'll see her in time. The phone then belts out a screech that scares the piss out of John.
1: I guess that means he's done talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind that's of how rude they say goodbye. It, yeah. <laughs> <Mean>. <laughs> <laughs> it also made me laugh when he's telling him to read what's in the book or whatever. <laughs> that the words, like, highlight and, like, are... It's like, no, we see it. I, I feel like that's
0: treating your audience kind of... I thought it was well. hilarious. Unless that's us in Mothman's brain yeah. reading it because he sees in red and shit. So he's like no i see that too yeah. so this was
1: moth vision
2: yes yeah.
0: it said at the bottom of the screen yeah. now keel says that he did have a call with mr apple and i do believe it's spelled a-p-o-l but it's still funny to hear mr apple yeah. i was
1: like like fiona's father yeah
0: <laughs> but his was dealing with a stopwatch that he had and he said that mr apple just told him it was in his closet and it was Uh, (gasps) i feel like the shoe bit is way more yeah yeah, more dramatic again changing things for the better even if it's you know changing the quote facts unquote but connie arrives at the smallwood home banging on the door and calling out to gordon he answers completely calm asking if everything's okay she asks if he called john and he says that he's been asleep since 9 p.m so no the fuck yeah in the next scene john takes the phone call recording to be analyzed at a lab Sonny, the tech played by Tim Hartman, tells John that Indrid Cold's vocal range is much higher than John's. No matches are found for it. And he says, as far as he can tell, it's an electrical impulse that's definitely not coming from human vocal cords. What? Yeah.
2: So yeah. You hear his voice, right? <laughs> yeah. That, that, see, that's what I was going to say. Um, and I know I'm not an expert on it, so I don't know, but... So can you tell all of that from the sound waves? I mean, you clearly hear, like you said, you hear the voice, right? Sunny's
3: been doing
1: this a long time.
0: (laughs) 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 I I know that the human voice occupies certain ranges, right? But (laughs) I mean, he's like this is a computer, somewhere. Yeah, Yeah.
1: and he's, I mean, it's, it's, he's just very like clinical about it when yeah. you're hearing a human voice and exactly. being like, no it's not a human like yeah. i feel like he should be like that's really strange yeah. because he's just like no dude i'm sorry yeah, i don't know what to no. tell you.
0: it's like it's on it's it's obvious you're fucking with yeah. me yeah <laughs> at my place of work which is like, i know we hear the human voice mm-hmm. but that is not it's not, not a hum- yeah.
1: it's clearly not
0: it is interesting because in the book he says everything that he ever recorded whenever he played it back it was just electrical noises. Right, right. But in the film yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But it's just dialogue. I appreciate that the voice is there because then at least there's some kind of record. Right, right. Yeah. You know, some kind of evidence rather than John just looking crazy. But it's not a human voice. <laughs> Later at the motel with Connie, John is talking to Ed on the phone. Ed tells him that they used to make fun of supernatural bullshit like this, but John says it's different when it's happening to you. Ed changes the subject, telling John that he needs to call the editor today. He'll back up whatever excuse he comes up with for his absence, but he might not have a job when he comes back. John says he'll call him from Chicago and gets off the phone.
1: I mean... Yeah, you might not have a job when yeah. you get back. Like, I don't know why this is supposed to be. You're so, not working. So <laughs> how you how just fucking, fucking l- took off. Yeah,
2: how fucking long has you been gone? <laughs> That's what I I'm see.
0: Saying, yeah. and I, I want to know that. Because they don't really say... The only time they've given is the two weeks from the crash to Mary passing away. Right. Since then, it's just a fucking blur. Yeah. Well,
2: because it went from, hey, dude, are you okay? To, hey, you need to call guy and say (laughs) something. To You're fixing to be fired. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean,
1: I'm assuming it's been more than a few days between each call. Well, no, yeah. And him and Gordon are, like, confiding in each other and, like, almost kissing now. So, I mean, their relationship (laughs) has evolved. So it's been some time. He's wiping tears off... Like, I mean, I feel like he's been here for a minute.
0: He's basically a local at this point. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they know his order at the diner. Oh, like, yeah. It's a lot.
0: It's like, I can only compliment this dude's tie so many <laughs> times. <laughs> uh,
1: going back to the sound tech thing, it uh-huh. made me laugh because they're just sitting there and the tape is still playing. And he's like, what happened to my wife? I'm like, yeah, there's a yeah. lot of fucking personals. <laughs> yeah. And
3: it's just playing. John's like, you can stop the tape. Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anytime you want, it's fine. He's just crying. Yeah. yeah.
1: The guy's like, uh You've said it's not a
0: human voice. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but after confirming with Connie that his flight to Chicago is at 8 a.m., he asks her if he's crazy while holding a copy of Leek's book. Connie says no, but he's like, nah, I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> But the next day in Chicago, we dip down from an amazing-looking gothic church, John standing in front of it with his eyes on a hotel across the street. As soon as he sees Leek step out, he makes his way across. But it seems like Leek notices him and just turns tail, just starts fast walking down the street. John catches up to Leek in an alley and calls out to him. He tells Leek who he is and that he called him earlier in the week. He shows one of the Mothman drawings and asks what it is, saying that people are seeing it in Point Pleasant. Leek tries to walk away, but John pleads with him for help, and he finally relents and tells John to follow him.
1: He was really not trying to get no. him. Uh. he's
0: like, I told you, that's your problem now. <laughs> but of course they head to a library.
1: Of course. Well, uh,
2: now that he's got some help, maybe yes. we
0: can get some answers. We can only hope uh, they can get in touch with Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> <laughs> But in books, he shows John a drawing of a red-eyed moth, calling it a nocturnal butterfly. He says in ancient cultures, moths represent a soul immortally trapped in the hellish death realms. Then he says it, mothman.
1: It's a lot. It is a lot.
0: I laughed because he qualifies it, saying that that's what the Ukrainians called it. It's a rough translation. Bullshit. Yeah, I (laughs) know. literally i don't know i i read that the origins of the term mothman because whenever they first wrote about it in the papers in point pleasant right they wanted to call it batman Mm -hmm. can't do that that. a copy editor just randomly changed it to mothman and that's what it became so it wasn't fucking (laughs) translations in the ancient text no none of that but he says that there were hundreds of sightings in Chernobyl the year of the disaster and in Galveston in 1969 just before the hurricane. Now this line p- pissed off a lot of cryptozoologists because there were no sightings of Mothman in Ukraine or yeah. Chernobyl, yeah. any of that stuff. No,
1: y'all are just adding hot sauce at this yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. So again, is the implication here that he like just likes to hang out around tragedies, or that he's causing them?
0: I think, again, it's a benevolence. Like, he's here to be like, hey, watch yeah, out. Yeah. But he's not, though.
1: He's, like, warning people in a cheeky, like, asshole way.
0: I don't know that he knows he's being an asshole.
1: I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> when everyone reacts to you one way, maybe it's maybe, you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's like, oh, fuck, I've the whole time. That's
2: what's confusing about the Mothman in this movie. I don't... To me, I think I get
0: with the idea of him existing. Right. But the predictions is where you lose yeah. me. But yeah, because of this movie, that stuff has been printed as fact. Right. And that's this why. This is a movie, yeah. y'all. Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: crazy. That's why
0: people are pissed off. <laughs> Did
1: you guys know that Richard Gere like, w- contacted the mother? <laughs> <laughs> had personal conversations. Yeah. This is a conversation.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but Leek says there's no material evidence of the Mothman existing. He says seeing isn't always believing and uses microwaves and infrared waves as example of things that exist, but defy our need to see them. He says these things have always existed, pointing to a cave painting of the Mothman that looks just like a regular cave painting with the Mothman added in post. Yeah, Yeah, no, that was hilarious. Everybody else looked like they (laughs) should be there. And then it's just a crudely drawn (laughs) Mothman with red eyes.
1: (laughs) It's just the sketch from Mary's hospital room
0: taped on it. (laughs) It's like there too? Jesus. But John presses for more of an explanation. But Leek says it can't be explained rationally. After a moment, Leek comes up with something. That buildup of energy before something happens. Like when your hair stands up before a lightning strike. John's like, so are they trying to help us or harm us? Leek has no idea.
1: So is this implying the existence of moth men?
0: Yes, I believe so. Yeah, I don't really like that. No, I like him to be the one and only. Yeah. But Leek says that their motivations aren't human, which, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Leek <laughs> Leak says that John probably wants to know why him. And he says it's because John noticed them and they noticed that. He says trauma is the gateway to that level of sensitivity. And he asks, what happened to John? John does not answer.
1: Hold on though. Cause now we're getting into a chicken egg situation. Uh-huh. Right. John is more open because of his trauma. Right. So now he can see the mothman, but the mothman caused his trauma Mm-hmm. To have him open to be able to seeing them, I I'm I'm lost. Yeah, what?
2: So kind of like one dude went into the further, and then they <laughs> noticed <laughs>
0: that he
2: noticed them. They're like oh shit, it's yeah.
0: exactly like that. Yeah. Yes. I think Insidious is basically just the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I one thing that I don't get, again, is that if they're using that as an excuse for why he can see it, right. why did Mary Everyone see else. it? Everyone yeah. yeah. else. Why is Gordon seeing it? Yeah. You know, so and then later on, we'll talk because it gets a little <laughs> ridiculous.
1: I'll be honest. I, I've said it several times. I really like this movie. Mm-hmm. This these parts are kind of where it falls apart for
0: me. It sucks because they should be very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you yeah. they don't.
1: And I didn't know if it was just me personally, but they just don't do it for
0: me no. because
1: you're adding like texture and context that doesn't fit to what we've seen so far. If that makes sense.
0: No, it makes sense. And I feel like there are some cool lines here. No, yeah. for sure. But and like concepts, but they don't contextually. Yeah. 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 But the men walk outside and John tells leak about Gordon and the prediction that did come true asking how Indrid cold could know so much. Leak turns his attention to a window washer on a high rise, saying that if there were a car accident blocks away, that man would know about it and they wouldn't. It doesn't mean he's smarter or more advanced. He can just see a little further down the road. John's like, but no, they are more advanced and asks why they don't just tell him everything.
1: That's my question.
0: <laughs> Leak's like, try explaining yourself to a cockroach. After learning about 20 people have seen Mothman in Point Pleasant, Leak tells him something terrible is going to happen there. Don't go back, but he can't stay anymore. John says something brought him to Point Pleasant, and he has to know why, and Leak tells him that whatever it was that brought him there, it brought him there to die. Why? I don't know. This,
1: this is what I'm talking about. There were very cool lines here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, what? Okay, why is he bringing him here to die, A? B no i've never explained myself to a cockroach but i've also never picked one up at one place no. put him down in another place and called him on the phone
3: like i've never <laughs> done that either <laughs>
1: so there's
0: a lot I of mean, parts <laughs> <Right. I'm
1: confused.
0: laughs> i laughed because after he says you know he brought it you there to die right he gives him a look like now think about that shit yeah and then leave yeah and then, yeah. And then yeah. it's like and
1: fuck everyone
2: else well, that lives there apparently like as long as you're safe yeah well, so the Mothmen are here, but they're not here. Yes. Uh, the, the only okay, and the only reason the dude can see the thing is because he can see over the buildings. I mean, he's yeah, just not, higher <laughs> up. That's, that's not that's magic. Not, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: And but then he's confusing me because he's like, okay, they're not of. They've they've always been around. They're ancient. Right. They're not of human origin. They don't even have human motivations. But then he's comparing him to a window washer who could just see a little bit further down the road. Yeah. Room.
1: Yeah. So, Which one is it?
0: That's uh, a. It, I, and then, but that gets into the thought of the ultra-terrestrials, right? That are of a different origin as well. But then also, no fucking everything, right? So what? What is it? Which one? All
1: of the above. Okay. Just say you don't know.
0: Just yeah. say you don't know. Leak. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then he contradicts himself in the book because he Keel again. He says he isn't going for that extraterrestrial bullshit. But Gordon the stand-in who met with Indrid Cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the book, he says Indrid Cold. Took him to his home planet well stop yeah and, <laughs> and again i'm glad they left uh. that shit out but yeah he says that any he, he met indrid's fucking wife and shit not wife yeah that- i want
1: a deleted scene of this. yeah i
0: was gonna <laughs> i prefer the lights in the field yeah. <laughs> versus fucking having alien dinner or whatever
1: <laughs> what it's just fucking um what was it astronaut jones <laughs> <laughs>
0: What the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> but it's it's a lot. It's funny because he is kind of leak chuckling in disbelief about this whole thing. Yeah. Like he's like, there's not even a human origin and shit. Yeah. And he's talking about how cryptic they are, and then he's like, Well, you're probably gonna die there. I won't say how, but yeah. like you're you are mothmanning him. Like, have a good yeah.
1: Have a good one. <laughs> I said have a good man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but after frantic overhead shots of the lights of Point Pleasant at night. John walks through a massive crowd of people gathered in the town square as he passes a small bonfire and a ton of Christmas decorations. A little boy with a bloodshot eye stares directly into the camera. John then meets up with Connie and the Griffins and actually hugs Connie when he sees her. Yeah. (laughs) She like jumps into his arms. We're dating now. Apparently.
1: (laughs) I don't know. This movie was already longer than it needed to be. right? So I was going to say maybe add a little bit of like them getting to know each other like having these lingering moments yes. but i mean i guess we do get the moments a little bit but they're not like earned or deserved
0: not like, really right. i think they just want us to accept that it's richard gear and laura lenny yeah and they I mean like and
1: you I guys do. love singing yeah, I, do.
0: I do but they also kind of stare lovingly at each other yeah so i'm like i guess sure uh. <laughs> But <laughs> denise glares at john and connie tells him that denise left gordon he was apparently fired from the chemical plant after he stopped showing up, and they don't know where he is.
1: Not them spilling all of Gordon's tea yeah. the minute oh, yeah. John walks yeah. over.
0: By the way. He yeah. lost his
1: fucking job. Since
0: his fucking you- what? It's like, <laughs> dude. Right. You were in Chicago. He, le- but- yeah. <laughs> he, left. he
1: left for a meeting. <laughs> yeah, dude. I think this is
0: the same day. <laughs> but Connie wanders off, and John follows her. It was actually Lucy that spilled the tea. I fucked up. Oh, Connie did too,
1: though, didn't she? It was She's a tag like, team. Yeah,
0: <laughs> But Connie did storm off and John follows her to ask her what's wrong. She says 15 more people have reported sightings of the Mothman, three of them cops who I guess work with her. Right. She changes the subject, though, asking how Chicago was. And John lies, saying Leek wouldn't see him.
1: Why you always nah. lying? <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I really don't understand yeah, the move because he's been so like open with everything, uh-huh. even stuff that like you would want to keep to yourself, like his wife and stuff. Like he's been open about everything, and now he's like, nah, yeah, yeah. B- I- I mean, aren't y'all like married now? Don't you <laughs> Basically, <save> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't get they it. They took yeah. the wedding
0: date from CJ and <laughs> Holly. Like, we'll actually Plus, be. Plus, if,
2: if you learned anything, why wouldn't you, sure? I exactly. don't know. You know I mean,
0: there And really, all that he would tell is just the cryptic bullshit that he heard. Yeah. It's not even anything that can even really be no. helped. No.
1: And it's not even like she's not in the mood to talk about the Mothman. Because no. she was just talking about it. By or, the way,
0: 15 more yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, or maybe bring up the fact that he said that he's
2: supposed to die here.
0: Kind yeah. of important. Uh, I mean, literally
1: any of that would work.
0: I do want to point out as well that we saw the little boy with the bloodshot eye. Yeah. We yeah. got so, fifteen more people and three of them being cops. What are they going through? Yeah. yeah. That fucking Mothman's like, no, I'm here for you. Judge, just like that's <laughs> fucking crazy, <laughs> dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that kid's eye is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but a crowd gathers for the lighting of a massive Christmas tree, cheering as it comes to life above them. In the next scene, we see John driving in his car, trying to call Gordon, but getting no response. He stops on the Silver Bridge when he sees Gordon resting on the railing. He gets out, asking if Gordon is alright, and suggesting they get in the car since it's so cold outside. Gordon declines, saying he's waiting for injured cold. He says everyone thinks he's insane, but they don't understand. Now, he says that, but 15 other people also today yeah, so <laughs> had contact with <laughs> the mothman yeah, yeah. so i don't think i don't think they're thinking that but john says he doesn't think he's crazy again he's never once nope. said so yeah yeah but gordon says that he's been lying awake at night feeling as though he's asleep but completely awake and that's when he hears injured cold but lately he's been hearing him all the time all at once and he feels like he finally understands everything
1: why is the mothman so obsessed with him
0: i don't know no he well, loves mothman he, yeah He's, and he's got the beard it. and yeah, it's beautiful. But he's also going and talking to all these other people, too. So what the fuck yeah. is Mothman's? Yeah, whore. <laughs> <laughs> but then he asked John the last time he was happy and John thinks for a moment and then steps away. Gordon stops him, telling him that it's all real. I do want to say on this as I was watching this scene. I thought Gordon was going to fucking alley-oop over that thing. Yeah, (laughs) I
1: did too. Remember the
0: dude from The Grudge?
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought was going to happen. I did too.
0: But And the fact that it didn't surprised me. Yeah,
1: I was very worried for him.
0: But we get one last shot of the silver bridge before we cut to John tossing and turning in bed at the motel. The last time he rolls over, though, he finds Mary lying next to him. She looks at him wordlessly, but he hears her say, John, I want you to be happy. She smiles at him and then disappears in the next shot.
1: Now there's ghosts? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Crabs have machine guns. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. But suddenly the phone rings and John answers it. The person on the other end tells him it's his wake up call. Only he didn't ask for one. It made me laugh because he he answers the phone and he's like, this is your wake up call. I didn't ask for one. Click. Yeah. (laughs) 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 This is the worst fucking motel most unprofessional shit <laughs> <laughs> the clock turns to six fourteen a.m and john gets out of bed heading into the bathroom he splashes some cold water on his face then stares into the mirror he then imagines bashing his head into the glass shattering it and leaks words play in his mind what happened to you mr klein me too <laughs> every morning yeah.
1: uh so i figured it out He's Tyler Durden, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you might have to cross that off your list, Nate, because okay, I don't think so. Okay, damn it. Your theories are coming together, though. <laughs> I just, For me, I thought this would have been a great moment for something similar to what happened to Gordon to happen to him. Yeah. Where he doesn't see his reflection. Oh, uh, yeah. Because no. then it's yeah. starting to, you know, but instead, instead he's like, yeah. <laughs> break stuff. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 but this is when his cell phone rings, and it's Gordon. He tells John that he can't believe he got through, then says Indrid Cold was right. He was right about understanding. It's real, and John has nothing to worry about.
1: But Gordon already said it was real on the bridge. He's
0: like, remember earlier when I said- He's saying it like (laughs) it's a revelation. I'd like to double down. (laughs) It is real. It is real. As John shouts questions at him, Gordon just says, I'll see you in time, and hangs up. This is exactly what Indrid Cold said to Gordon. But we then see Gordon walking through fog into the trees. It's edited to appear as though John sees it too, but there's no way he sees it. Yeah. yeah, I uh, I was a little confused by that editing choice because his eyes like perk up and then it shows him closer (laughs) in the woods. It's like he didn't see that shit. (laughs) But John speeds out of the motel parking lot in his car straight for Gordon's house. He lets himself inside calling out and checking the rooms but runs back outside when he can't find him. He eventually makes his way through the trees, eventually stumbling upon Gordon from behind, slumped against a tree. He rushes over, and when he gets to the other side of the tree, we see that Gordon is dead. He appears a little blue, so it's safe to assume that it was the elements. Right. But he closes Gordon's eyes and just sits there solemnly.
1: So, this is what I'm saying. Gordon was basically Mothman's number one fan. Right. Yes. And this is how he's repaid? Like I don't get it.
0: I don't understand why Mothman lured him like Rick James's aura. Yeah. Into yes. Into his to own freeze death. freeze to death. <laughs> yeah. It literally makes no sense. Especially, I. It, it, this it's just, is. Yeah. It's
1: fucking rude. Like, it and is. that's not. That's not the Mothman I know in love. No.
0: And in the book, that Woodrow guy did not die. So this is all oh, just for the film. He's right. just
1: writing letters the to uh, Mrs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The hand,
2: the acting, he was like... Oh, yeah. He was like trying to reach out. (laughs) He was (laughs) was sad.
1: He was. That
2: was was a lot. (laughs) It's
0: like, damn, Richard Gere is... (laughs) He's in this. Mm -hmm. But we cut to John talking to Connie, asking if they can tell how long ago Gordon died. She says they're estimating eight hours ago and that he died of exposure. John says he came out here because he got a call from Gordon and didn't like how he sounded. Connie presses him to find out when Gordon called, and John admits that it was an hour ago. She's like, I don't like this. Yeah, the fuck? Yeah. But she walks off to hold a crying Denise as the ambulance pulls away. So, already had it before that he didn't call whenever he talked to Indrid Cold. Yeah. Now you're having it again that he was fucking dead yeah. when he got a call from him. Yeah. So, ghosts? Yeah,
1: I, <laughs> I don't under it like it starts to fall apart because you don't understand like what's mothman now mary the ghost of mary is here Uh (laughs) connie's just like i don't like this crap (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love that
0: she's not even like weirded out she's like i don't like this john you better fucking change that shit i think the thing for me is it like you're saying it's becoming like a house of cards right you've added too many cards Mm -hmm.
1: yeah and then i mean in a minute even it's like just let's keep going
0: okay (laughs) In the next scene, John leaves a bar after downing a shot. Now, the bartender I read is a cameo from the director. And also the voice of injured Cold on the phone is the director.
1: (laughs) So the director, his vocal cords are electronic. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's not human. Holy shit. Uh, The bar, though, is called the pub, which is very meta. Right. I liked it. But Denise walks past him glaring. Church bells chime as the fire chief approaches John. He says it didn't feel right to bring it up at the funeral, but as far as he knows, there have never been any accidents at the chemical plant. John is confused, but the chief says that he left him a message asking about it. Back in his motel with a kettle on the stove, John is on the phone with Sonny, the sound man swearing up and down that it's not his voice on the phone recording.
1: So does Mothman just have one of those things like in scream where he has all their voices screaming?
0: (laughs) i this is where i'm like what purpose yeah, oh, no. i don't know it's like do we come to the chemical plant? <laughs> <It's> like, like, <laughs> the I, I, I never called you <laughs> no you know what it is that's funny to me is that mothman's getting impatient right he's like why the fuck haven't you pieced together <laughs> that it's the chemical Because you're not giving good clues yeah, Mothman. No. you know what i'll just be you <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i'll get to the bottom of this but Sonny says that it matches his voice print perfectly so it's like sorry <laughs> that guy is just yeah. like
1: i'm sick of your shit yeah.
0: i'm <laughs> sick of doing your work for free also by the way <laughs> but the real interesting bit happens when john approaches a mirror on a closet door still on the phone he's so distracted by the call in fact that he doesn't see his reflection is not matching up at all with his actions so unsettling
1: it looks fucking awesome oh yeah but again so the mothman's in the mirror the mothman's yeah. inside him
0: like i don't i'm I think the Mothman is the mirror. Oh,
1: <laughs> the real Mothman was inside of us exactly. all along.
0: I, I love it, though. I do. No, it looks
1: really fucking cool and it gives you like this unreality. Yeah. I like this part,
2: but it, it also has, I don't know what it has to do with the Mothman. I'm not sure either.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, let, well, let me finish this because it kind of, I, I can maybe piece it together. All right. Okay. It won't work, but I'll try. <laughs> Sonny apologizes and says he would swear it's john's voice john then gets off the phone angrily grabbing for his kettle but burning his hand in frustration he knocks a lamp over then slams the closet door
1: don't blame that burn on mothman no
3: i
0: feel like mothman's catching a lot of heat that he doesn't deserve he
1: made my kettle too hot it's like no 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 (laughs) who left it on the fucking (laughs) that was not mothman
0: but as he slams the door we see a distorted face reflected in the mirror now this scared the fuck out of me as a kid. I remember, like, shrinking into a fear ball. Uh-huh. Yeah. But to me, I feel like this might explain the reflection thing. Like, when he's around, things just aren't right. Okay. All right. And that's... Just, hey, I'm, I'm a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised. you guys accepted would, it. You know, yeah. Okay, great. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, cool. Move on. That's
3: how, <laughs>
1: that's how desperate we are for an answer. I guess so.
2: I seen... Uh- Kind of like an orc face from Lord of the Rings. Uh,
1: yeah, I was, so that was Mothman. I think
0: that was supposed to be the Mothman. Because
1: I saw, I was like, is that Mary? Yeah, like, I, uh, it was, yeah, it looked weird.
0: I, I think it was supposed to be the Mothman. I, at least that's the only thing that makes I sense to me. I thought the Mothman
1: was supposed to have, like, big, beautiful red eyes. Yeah.
0: Well, I saw a red light. Wasn't he a moth? Supposedly. Was <laughs> he chewing a on man. a sweater? <laughs> The thing about this scene for me is that I think it's one of the coolest scenes in the film, mm-hmm. but it's also like a Jack Skellington thing because it's like interesting reaction.
3: But <laughs> what, what does it mean? it mean?
0: You're showing me a lot of cool shit, but you're really not giving me any reason to yeah. That's
1: my thing. connect with it. Yeah, but it, it looks fucking cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: So you almost want to forgive him. Yeah. But later in town, John is walking down the street, stopping in front of the police station, then deciding to go a different direction. As he turns around, he misses Mary walking right past him and toward the camera with a music cue. He orders a coffee at the bakery, and we see Mary walk out of the police station. Once again, he misses her on his way in. He bumps into Connie, who asks if he knew that woman who just left. She says she had long red hair, green eyes, and was very pretty. She was asking about John. This is when John pieces it together, running outside but finding no one. The camera sweeps down from the second floor to the first floor in like a really fluid motion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I didn't see a cut, but I loved that. a lot. Yeah. But Connie follows after him and John asks if he saw where she went, but she didn't. Connie says that she asked what he was doing here and asked if he was happy. Connie says she then asked her for ID, but she didn't have it and just said, tell John, I'm sorry for ruining everything and then left john frantically reaches into his coat pulling out a photo of mary from his wallet asking if it was her connie's like that's your wife that's the most heartbreaking shit man yeah Yeah. as soon as she realizes what's happened her skepticism kicks in and she says that actually it wasn't her
1: yeah don't do that connie don't
0: john calls bullshit and kind of rushes off and he tells her he's like don't do that to me yeah because that's bullshit I'm a skeptic, but the evidence is piling up a lot. Yeah. yeah, and if you literally just saw this man's wife, don't try to change that shit now. I
1: think she just doesn't. She's like, no, it can't. Like, it can't be. I'm, I'm, I'm not allowing that yeah. to have been yeah. what I saw.
0: She's like, well, it kind of looked like her. I was like, it was Deborah messing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't, don't do that.
1: Does she look like the lady from Wellinggreen? Yeah. That's that's how you know.
0: But John heads back to the motel, and we see that he has nine messages on the machine, and the phone is ringing. The red light blinks as it rings and he answers it only hearing electronic static on the other end. How fucking rude. As soon as he picks up. <laughs> 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 He's just having too much fun. But when he listens to the messages, it's nothing but the same fucking noise. The phone rings again and he answers it, but this time we hear Intrid Cold saying, I'm so sorry, John. I feel like I've ruined everything. His voice morphs into Mary's towards the end, and John just smashes the phone on the nightstand and speeds out of the motel again.
1: So is he mocking her? I
0: don't know. How did he
1: bring her back? Like I just don't understand how this ties to him.
0: If I'm honest, we talked about the movie being a little long. There's some bloat right there. Yeah. (laughs) Because it doesn't make sense. Is he being an asshole? That's what it feels uh,
1: like. That's what I'm saying. I don't subscribe to this fucking mean, messy Mothman.
0: (laughs) I want to sue on behalf of the Mothman.
1: (laughs) You will be hearing from my lawyer. Mothman's not like
0: this. No. (laughs) But John speeds down the road, heading back to Chicago, seeing flashes of Mary as he drives. He arrives at Leek's apartment, knocking on the door. Leek answers, and John says he needs to know what happened to him. Leek invites him in, and they sit down to talk. Leek says in the past that he was a tenured professor, but started hearing voices, which became messages, which then convinced him that he was receiving predictions of disasters. He said despite the fact that he had tapes of the voices, nobody believed him, and people died. As a result of this, he was almost arrested, his wife left him, and his kids cut off all communication with him, and he spent four years in a psychiatric hospital.
1: What?
0: Yeah, I I don't understand. Your
1: wife left you? Yeah. Like, this is just a lot, and I feel like maybe when we met the other day, like, you could have told me some of
0: this. Yeah, Yeah. instead of just, you're gonna die, get out.
1: Yeah. Not only that, if he has
2: recordings... I hope if I had proof, you wouldn't leave. <laughs> that's what me I'm be- saying. His You're wife's like, like no, "Oh, I bullshit. can't.
1: You know, I mean, I'm not fucking
0: doing this." I think that's my issue. Is like I said in the real story, it was just the noise. Yeah. Here he's got voices. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But she's like, "Nah." Well, she was going to leave him anyway.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I think this was just the excuse.
0: <laughs> she was looking for an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> but he lost everything. But he says, in the end, it came down to one simple question: which was more important. Having proof or being alive. This is why he stopped engaging in it. John's like, but didn't you need to know? Balik tells him that they're not allowed to know.
1: Well, that's easy for you to say. Your wife left you. She's not lying in a call. <laughs> <to her.
3: laughs>
1: I think I'm just in the mood to
3: watch Scream. Stupid. <laughs>
0: But John speeds back to Point Pleasant, disposing of all the research and evidence in a dumpster. After that, he stares longingly at his photo of Mary. The camera twists into her eye, where we see the Mothman's red silhouette before zooming out of the earpiece of a phone off the hook. Okay. Yeah. I said earpiece like it's fucking Alexander Graham Bell. (laughs) (laughs) It was a a phone. It was just a regular phone. (laughs) I don't know know what I'm talking about.
3: Operator. (laughs) (laughs)
0: but we see that he did keep the tape recorder even though he threw everything else out in the next scene we see that he's rigged up some kind of ridiculous contraption with cords in the motel telephone to the tape recorder the phone rings and john rushes over to answer it but it turns out to be cyrus his editor He tells him to drop whatever he has going on because Governor McCollum will be going to Charleston. Then he'll be touring the chemical plant in Point Pleasant and he wants John to meet him there. Do you even have a job anymore, man? (laughs) I I gotta tell you, Cyrus is handling this a lot better than I expected. But John is only like half listening and he's like, you got it, boss. But gets off the phone (laughs) so quick and picks up the tape recorder. He turns up the volume, holding it just so, and he hears the voice of Indrid Cold saying, great tragedy on the river Ohio. But he immediately heads out to Connie's house to warn her, but she says that she can't cancel everything just because he has a bad feeling.
1: You know better. Like, you know better that it, that it's just a bad feeling.
0: Yeah, and you've seen and heard from enough people. That, that's that, a,
1: I'm like, Connie, girl. That's like,
0: what confused
2: me, too. Yeah. I was like, you were down with all this. Uh-huh. Now you're like, this shit isn't real.
0: Yeah. I think that it got too real for her. And so she's just got like, to deny, try to- deny, it, yeah. yeah. But he pieces it all together, all the events, saying that it all leads to the chemical plant, which is on the Ohio River. In real life, somebody just called him on the phone, probably Mr. Apple, and he said, the plant's going to explode on the Ohio River. Like, fucking yeah. just told him. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But he tells her that the governor is going to be there and he remembers that he was on his way to interview him, which is how he ended up in Point Pleasant to begin with. He whispers, he was right. She realizes that he saw Leek leak and storms off annoyed. Just
1: telling on himself. Yeah.
0: yeah. But he stops her, saying that he didn't want to worry her, but Leek confirmed that the messages are real. He asks her to leave with him and touches her face lovingly. She pulls away, saying that she's not going to live her life based on the messages of Indrid Cold. He tells her that he has to get to Charleston, but to please get herself reassigned so she's nowhere near the plant or the Ohio River. She compares his newfound belief and behavior to Gordon, and he fucking grabs her forcefully by the shoulders and tells her that he is not Gordon.
1: That is a federal offense. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, what I would say. Yeah, have said, that, yeah.
0: It. it's not a good look at <laughs> the very least. Yeah, no. But she says that she has to get to work and that they can talk about it later. We then see John at the hotel bar in Charleston looking very worried and and kind of embarrassed. He flashes back to a meeting he apparently had with Governor McCollum at the airport. McCollum, played by Murphy Dunn, is happy to see him, but John tells him that he needs to speak with him urgently. He says it's the tour of the plant. He can't go through with it. He frantically begs him to cancel the tour or shut the plant down. Then he just blurts out, the plant's going to blow up when you're in there.
1: We've, we've <laughs> talked about this before on yeah. the show um most recently i think in the episode on the omen
0: yes right delivery Uh, uh, delivery is is really key it's so important
1: um could have been better Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: and the thing is is that this shows his credibility because mccullum asks if the cops are doing anything about it right so he's like i know you're acting fucking weird but i believe you yeah yeah but then an aide asks if it's a bomb threat and john's like i didn't say that yeah what i'm saying is a source told me and you have to believe me McCollum's like, You're messing up here, yeah, John. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now nice. you do it too much. <laughs> and we see him get into a car and he says, Get me Cyrus Bills at the post. He's getting his ass fired. Yeah, yeah well I'm
1: like, the Mothman is not gonna rest until John gets fired. Like it seems calculated. That was the whole point.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> so for a little bit when they were doing this, I was like, So is this really happening or is he imagining this going down or
1: i uh, No, I, he's
2: remembering no i know yeah. but uh, uh,
0: the way but it, it's shot it almost feels like he's like well if i would this have is gone what's gonna, yeah. yeah but i think he did actually go it's just a weird way of doing it out of sequence yeah but i i think he did go and he made an absolute fool of himself
1: yeah and now he's fired and now he's fired.
0: <laughs> but he just watches as the motorcade pulls away and we come back to present day after that absolute cringe fest The news on television tells of Governor McCollum's successful review of the chemical plant, even showing him congratulating the workers of the plant.
1: (laughs) Really, Mothman?
0: (laughs) He's like, wait, I never said... You have me out here
1: looking fucking crazy. I'm never talking to you again. (laughs) I never said a chemical plant. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never talking to you again.
0: Everything went off without a hitch, and John looks mad as a hatter. Just (laughs) then, (laughs) an employee brings John an envelope saying he has a message. He opens it, and it reads... Mary will call Georgetown, Friday, noon. He puts it away pensively. In the next scene, Connie arrives at the motel and we find John packing all his shit up. He says he's headed back to Washington. He assures her it has nothing to do with what happened earlier between them. It's just because he got a message to be there at noon on Friday. She asks if he realizes what's happening to him and he's like, See ya. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just leaves. But we see him arrive back in Washington and his house in Georgetown. We get flashes of his memories of Mary as he falls into bed. Connie wraps Christmas presents alone in her house as John stares into a lit closet before shutting the lights off. Was that the banging closet or?
1: <laughs> Did he move in?
0: I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Neither do I. That's the only way. That's the only reason to stare longingly at a closet. Yeah. I
1: guess.
0: I mean, unless you just he's really like, like the clothes in there. He's
1: like, remember when we made that realtor uncomfortable? <laughs> <laughs>
0: But the next day, it's 1156 and John waits by the phone with a photo of Mary. The phone rings and it's Connie. She says she wants to chat for 10 or 15 minutes. Saboteur. (laughs) I know what you're doing. I honestly love that she's doing this.
1: Yeah. She's like, no, it's cool. Like we're just talking. Just talking.
0: Just two people talking. Two people deeply in love talking. (laughs) But he asks if he can call her back and she says he can't. She's booked him a flight that leaves in a couple hours. And if he leaves now, he can make it. He says he can't go, but she reminds him that it's Christmas Eve and he shouldn't be alone. He reiterates that he can't and she disagrees. He tells her that when Mary got sick, he couldn't help thinking it wasn't real and that he could stop it. She tells him no one can stop it. Terrible things are going to happen. People we love will die. And no matter what Indrid Cold says, there's nothing they can do about it. John says it's two years to the day and that he said Mary was going to call. Connie says that whoever calls may sound like her, but it's not going to be her. She doesn't know what happens after you die, but she guarantees that Mary is nowhere near injured cold. I don't know why, but when she said that, like I I was up late at night doing this, but that gave me goosebumps. (laughs) I, I don't know why. But John asks, what if it is her? Connie says that Mary is dead. And the only question is how he wants to remember her. He crumbles into sobs saying that he truly misses Mary. Connie says she knows, but he can miss her in Point Pleasant, and he can do it so much easier because he won't be alone. She tells him to do what he needs to do, but in Point Pleasant, they'll have dinner at six p.m. and open presents at eight. And she hopes that she'll see him soon. She says goodbye and gets off the phone. It almost brings a tear to your eye.
1: I know. I love this whole part because she's being so sweet and right. like she's right. Yeah. And Laura Linney's voice is just so, like, calm. Like, I
0: don't know. The whole thing is just... It might be the most soothing voice yeah. ever. Yeah. The
1: whole thing is yeah. just is beautiful. And then him, like, breaking down and being really vulnerable in the moment. And she's like, look, I like, I get it. And yeah. that grief is what's making you think that you have to do this, mm-hmm. but you don't have to do it.
0: And at no point does she belittle him? No. no.
1: And she's like, yeah, somebody might even call. Yeah, but, but, but like, it's not going to be her. Yeah, I, I just... I feel like the movie loses me for a little bit in the middle, but by the time we get back here, I'm like, no, I do
0: love this movie. (laughs) (laughs) But at exactly noon, the phone rings again. John fights himself from answering it, actually reaching for it, but then he just tears it out of the wall at the last second. He puts his coat on, but the phone continues to ring. He leaves the house and the phone stops ringing. We watch as the red mothman silhouette disappears from Mary's eye in the photo and we fade to black. Mothman's not going to like that. No.
1: No. But good for you. Yeah. Like, good
0: job. The way that the movie handles it, it's almost like, "Oh, he didn't answer the call? Well, yeah. I'm going to go fuck shit up." Yeah. <laughs> but it's these odd things that really aren't connected. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, they're make I don't know. <laughs> I don't know.
0: And so he was on board the Mary.
1: <laughs> the mary But because i mean you see him guess, leave her eye but like just the symbolism is in that one picture i guess like, <laughs> i don't know i'm confused
0: as he leaves he's like all right let's try something else
1: <laughs> this didn't work but why is he so why john like i
0: and that's the real question of yeah it, and I, I i don't have an answer
1: why are you so obsessed with
0: <laughs> me <laughs> but we fade back in to find john on the road heading back to point pleasant as uplifting music plays He reaches the Silver Bridge, and it is bumper-to-bumper traffic. Cars are honking at each other, which is legitimately some clown shit. Like, I can't I know.
1: Nobody can move. I
0: don't understand why people do that. But we see... You should have your license revoked. But (laughs) (laughs) we see CJ sitting in his car, annoyed at the traffic, and also a shot of Holly at the bridal shop getting fitted for her wedding dress. So I guess there's the payoff. Yeah. Connie sits in her cruiser, annoyed at the traffic as well, and the clock hits six, which as you recall, is dinner time. Yeah.
1: Aw, she's late.
0: John gets out of his car and asks Man on Bridge, played by Sam Nicotero, (laughs) what the deal is. Nicotero? Yeah, I know. I want to. I should have looked that up. You should have. So in that five second break, I looked it up, and Sam Nicotero is the uncle of Greg Nicotero.
1: I
3: knew it.
1: (laughs) I love that I just assumed there's only one Nicotero family. (laughs) (laughs) And you're right.
0: But he says that it's a problem with the traffic lights, so John heads back to his car. Connie switches on her lights and gets out of her vehicle as well. But suddenly, the camera presses in on John, who stops dead in his tracks. He hears Indrid Cold's voice in his ear again. Great tragedy on the river Ohio. And in a neat shot, we focus in on the chemical plant before pulling back over the Ohio River to reveal the silver bridge full of traffic and John whispers, my God. Mm-hmm.
1: I like how they showed how close it
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, you were right there, dude. Yeah. So close.
1: You lost your career, man, by, shit, by some yeah. feet.
0: Hope it was worth it. But <laughs> <laughs> I do want to point out that according to the production notes, the bridge is a combo of CGI and practical effects. Mm-hmm. Cool. And uh, the... Actual model of the bridge they use for a lot of the wide shots right. was 128 feet long and 28 feet high. Damn. Holy shit. It was one sixth scale, but they also filmed practically with vehicles falling into the oh, river. Oh, Jeez. I saw some pictures from the paper in Pittsburgh that showed cars in the river during the filming. Yeah. I'm like, they actually did that shit? <laughs> That's crazy. It's nuts. But with flashes of the hospital and the water below, John runs across the bridge, warning motorists still inside their vehicles. Connie begins to notice the steel of the bridge creaking and moving, and this is when John finds CJ on the bridge, banging on his window and telling him he needs to get off now. CJ looks up, and we see two lights at the top of the bridge turn from white to a glowing red. A cable breaks loose and swings right into his windshield, killing him and lifting his car off the front tires.
1: Mothman really does not like yeah. that kid.
0: No, it's funny to me because it's like they put in the wedding thing just so we'd be sad.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like otherwise. And she's in her dress right now. As we speak. But I, I just feel like that was such a gruesome. I know he's not the only one that dies. I no. Know, sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> but. His way was just so gruesome. It was. was. More than anybody. (laughs) More than. It was some final destination shit. That's exactly what I was
0: going to say. It feels just like it. He
1: was like, I was not done. No. I wasn't done.
0: It's like you should have taken the call, John. Yeah. (laughs) But this lack of structural integrity sends a wave across the bridge, and Connie snaps into action, telling everyone to get off, which they attempt to do as the bridge begins to break apart. People run cars crash into each other and slabs of concrete and asphalt fall into the river below. Connie calls for backup inside her cruiser while somehow through the madness, John hears a little girl scream and saves her whole ass family.
1: Well, yeah. John, I've, we've already talked about, he's that guy there. Um, he, <laughs>
0: he's like, I'm Richard. Gere. Yeah. yeah
1: uh, <laughs> duh. Of course I'm going to save that little girl in her family. Um, this is a literal fucking nightmare. Absolutely. Oh, like yeah. just watching it honestly gives me anxiety and I I it's it, yeah. it's a lot. Like
0: mm-hmm. horrifying. I have a fear of being robbed in a drive-through because I can't pull back or go forward, <laughs> but I feel like this is somehow <laughs> oh, worse. Oh no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Please nobody take that as an idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck. <laughs> Edit it out. Get it out. out. Cut it out.
0: But as the family runs to safety, the bridge begins to fully collapse. People scream as their cars slide off the edge of the damaged railing and crash into the water. John notices Connie's lights, but before he can rush over to her, a beam comes down and smashes into the hood of her car. Cables snap and sparks fly as her section of the bridge collapses into the water. John watches as her cruiser slides into the river, with Connie unconscious inside. John, after somehow hearing Connie whisper his name, fucking dives into the glass and debris-filled water.
2: And Mothman really doesn't want him to have a girlfriend. wife no. for no. nothing.
1: Connie's like, I'm gonna go drown and freeze to death, and John's like, without me. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I no, like, no but seriously, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously. Do you? Uh, so is Mothman just watching this with Mr. Burns' hands the yeah. whole time?
0: I don't. Mr. Burns' wings. <laughs> you, Mr. Burns wings the whole I time. I don't know. I feel like it's just strange that he's seeming to be targeting him specifically. Yes. but he's giving him like notice and shit. He's like giving him Connie's voice in his and stuff that's what i'm saying i don't I, it's so fucking confusing uh. but he swims deep through the wreckage of the bridge to find connie's car unable to open the door he swims through the back window and reaches her in the front seat which is filling with water but not full yet telling her to wake up i don't know how the car can be missing a back window but the car is still filling She's
1: up. She's fine. Yeah. It'll, don't
2: worry about
0: <laughs> it. Yeah.
1: And he, that was a
2: long time he held his breath was. going through all that. I was like, <laughs> He's damn. He's
1: that guy. See, I
2: need That's to
0: remember good. that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you guys keep forgetting.
0: But he cradles her, taking her back underwater and swimming to the surface.
1: Do you guys think they were really in the water? <laughs> 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 Did you not see how hilarious that looked?
0: Was it clearly not them?
1: No, it was clearly CGI oh like it's like a square around them and oh the ri- yeah i dude i'll pull it up right please now i was laughing i was
0: too busy typing i was like good for them
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm so happy they're safe
1: no it looks hilarious
0: i can't wait but the camera rises above the tragedy and we see the full scope of the collapse with lights of several vehicles beaming underneath the surface of the river we fade to black When we fade back in, first responders fill the scene, checking in on survivors, pulling cars out of the water, and unfortunately, collecting the dead. John catches up with Connie, who sits in the back of an ambulance. She says that she didn't know if she was dreaming when she saw him, but he's actually here. He says he left DC right after she called and is like, you did call me, right? Because shit's been crazy. But she does say that she called. The fire chief tells John that the accident is terrible, but it could have been worse. 36 people have died. After the chief leaves, John and Connie repeat the number, 36. It hits Connie. Wake up, number 37. Ah! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> John stares back at the bridge, repeating, wake up. He then sits next to Connie, and she rests her head on his shoulder. Through whispers and building alternative music, we pull back <laughs> from the scene, filled with Christmas lights and emergency vehicles. It blurs, and we get on-screen text reading. The ultimate cause of the collapse of the Silver Bridge was never determined. Although sightings have continued around the world, Mothman was never seen in Point Pleasant again. We fade to black and the credits roll.
1: Mothman's like, my work is done here.
0: <laughs> so, But you didn't do anything. I mean,
1: yeah. <laughs> so he's just, was it uh, pettiness? Like what? I, 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 what I is the, the film telling us? Like what are we supposed to walk away feeling?
0: I think he was supposed to be like the harbinger. Like, he's like, warning yeah. these people. But he's
1: doing a horrible yeah. job.
0: He's new at it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was on cave drawings. Well, that's that's where they <laughs> fucked up, all right? that's. Um, well,
0: that could be like a blink of an eye to them. Yeah. Sure.
1: Also, it's it was 46 people. Which yeah. I, why did they change that?
0: I read in USA Today that they changed it because the studio said 46 was too many people to have died. But now, that's who yeah. really died. Yeah. <laughs> it's a true fucking story. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. But oh um, man, Pellington picked the number thirty-six because I guess that was his dad's football number all right that's all right. cute and so i mean it, it makes you feel a little bit better uh, now so the
1: studio's like now 36 yeah. like, <laughs> i don't uh, totally fine it's so fucking weird
0: i do also want to say that um it was determined how that bridge collapsed in real life mm-hmm. oh yeah and it was a failure of the i-beams oh shit it led to i guess a bunch of more safety regulations right, right. regarding bridges and i don't even think they have i-beam bridges anymore because of shit like that well said yeah good.
1: I, maybe it was a failure of the
0: M beam. Oh my god,
1: <laughs> moth mothman, the
0: double M beam. Uh-huh. Now I also want to say that they found this out before Kiel wrote his book. He's like, yeah. He's like no, no, it's a fucking mothman. <laughs> he wasn't even in. He, he, he wasn't even in Point Pleasant Jeez. when this happened. So he
1: wasn't on the bridge saving no. little girls from their cars. No, and
0: he did not jump into the water or anything. <laughs> he was all oh, damn. He was sitting in his apartment because he was told that. During LBJ's Christmas lighting ceremony, all the power basically on the Eastern seaboard was going to go out. He said that one of the calls, possibly Mr. Apple, <laughs> 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 it was. Yeah. He told him that there was going to be a massive blackout in the United States. And so he was waiting for that to happen. And when it didn't happen, news came in about the bridge collapse. And he's like, damn you, Mothman. <laughs> 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 so again. <laughs>
1: again what the fuck dude
0: i don't know (laughs) long story short this
1: is slander i do
0: not know and i don't appreciate it (laughs) but i have to ask the customary question what did you guys think of the mothman prophecies
1: it's a confused little film at Uh times very fair but the beginning and the end pulls it out for (laughs) me i guess the wake up number 37 thing i can remember as i mean basically a kid mm-hmm. watching that and being like what the <laughs> fuck like it was like because <laughs> when she says it you're like "Ooh, that's creepy and then you know the payoff at the end it fucking shattered my yeah. existence mm-hmm. so i'm always gonna love this movie for that
2: yeah
1: i mean the cast is great my issue again lies with mothman motivation very fair. and things getting muddled later on because and, and, i mean we're introducing ghosts and i mean It's just a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like if it had maybe like a more focused story and I would like to see maybe, I mean, because this town in real life celebrates the Mothman, Mothman. like that's their whole thing. So maybe like, a oh, he was a good guy after all, you know, kind of, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's just (laughs) what I want.
0: (laughs) Well, one of the things left out of his book is that right before the bridge collapsed, eyewitnesses said that they saw a Mothman on the bridge. And for some reason, that was left out of the book and the movie. So, yeah, was he I on don't. the bridge
1: trying to scare people away, or was he on the bridge fucking with the ice? I giga- was gonna say yeah. <laughs> just, he's got a
0: screwdriver. Yeah. And like, what's the fucking? <laughs> no, I, I would hope that he was trying to warn people. I, I think Mothman's a great guy.
1: We need I, I too in my heart, but that is not what this film reflects, no. and I would just appreciate clarification.
2: I, I did like this movie, but goddamn, it's confusing. <laughs> There's not enough Mothman. No. Uh, I <laughs> Did you
1: say Mothman?
2: Either one, man <laughs> or men. John Mothman. There's not enough. Yeah. Watching it for the show really did kind of, uh, I guess, open too many things that I didn't pay attention to before. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it is confusing at times, but it is a fun movie. It's a fun little ride. But I, I think that too. I think uh, not enough Mothman and the story not being like everything has to do with the mothman like that he's making everything bad is he like a deity is he like what is i don't it does he live in this like realm or does he like travel so fast that you can't see him that he's like i don't i don't what
0: are you telling us these are all great questions yeah (laughs) (laughs) I think that the thing with the the Mothman prophecies, the book, is that it's even more disjointed than this. Right. And so the the way that they were able to, I guess, fix. They did the best thing. Yeah. yeah. They're like, we tried. The the after the end credits, it's just the director shrugging. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I I think that they they did a decent job compared to what that was and i like the idea of it all being incorporated into the mothman rather than being like 50 different things yeah, yeah. but it's still like 50 things it's a lot of shit yeah. mm-hmm. that i don't know completely you know but the thing is that's weird is i really like this movie yeah that's oh, the thing yeah. and i'll i'll watch it like a ton but i i accept that it is far from perfect
1: yeah for oh, sure oh yeah
0: but i guess that can lead us into ratings i on the positive side for me the strongest point is the performances. Definitely. Mm-hmm. You love to see Richard Gere and Laura Linney together and they just I don't know, there's a chemistry there that is perfect. Yeah. yeah. I think some of the moments of cinematography although some of them
1: <laughs>
0: they kind of get a little fucking crazy. It's
1: a mixed bag.
0: Also, I mean, have to give it some kind of uptick simply for the inclusion of the Mothman at all. <laughs> I love the Mothman. Yeah. We're just glad he
1: showed up. Yeah,
0: <laughs> But on the negative side, it is bloated in a weird way and a little muddled and confusing. Also, I really, really would prefer that this was taking place during the time period that the Silver Bridge actually collapsed. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been that hard to do. Yeah. You just take out what, like one cell phone seat? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't understand. <laughs> but again, what does it mean? I love Ambiguity.
1: Yeah, but this is like, there's ambiguity and then there's this.
0: Now, this film, I have to say, is one of the hardest I've ever scored. Yeah. It's it's difficult. Because I don't know what to do, honestly. I had a number in mind, and so I think I'm just going to roll with it. Mm All right. Out of 10 beaming red eyes, I am going to give The Mothman Prophecies seven beaming red eyes out of 10, I was almost going to give it a 6.5, but first of all, I had a fucking blasty yeah. blast yeah. <laughs> talking about it today. But also, there's just something nostalgic about this film that pushes it above that 6.5 for me, Yeah. and I can very, very easily admit to everyone here and everyone listening that it probably does not deserve <laughs> Yeah. the seven, but I'm going to give it to it anyway. So there we are, Mothman forever, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I will now open the floor to you. I know we already went through everything
2: about it and how confusing and whatnot. And um, I do, I do like this movie as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is watching it now. I, 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 will say that I do see it for the, uh, <laughs> I guess, clusterfuck of whatever is <laughs> happening in there. Um, I do wish there was more Mothman. Like I know we've said for the thousandth time. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a little more actual lore about the Mothman. Yeah. Not some made up shit. But it is good. The movie's good. I know we say this with a lot of movies. This is also one. If you've never seen it, watch it. Yeah. Um. But it is a good movie. It's confusing. Yeah. Uh, Mothman does get a bad rap in this movie. Yeah. I don't. I, I still. It was their relationship connie and john we never seen like <laughs> no. like we're it's, just yeah It's implied, but yeah but i mean i i'm uh i'm there kind of with you too you know what i mean so uh, on a scale of one to ten beaming red eyes i'm gonna give the mothman prophecies a 7.5 Wow, I I like the movie, and I do see the problems with it. But like you said, I watched it, a, you know, quite a few times when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching it for the show, you do see, you know what I mean, the cracks and the chunks missing out the pavement. But um, <laughs> Not the pavement, but <laughs> it's the bridge. It, yeah, yeah. You see the missing eye beams. But yeah. it's a good movie, and the Mothman isn't. So mm-hmm. I mean, you can't go wrong
1: yeah definitely credit for the for the mothman yeah but also like it hurts because there's not enough mothman
0: no, no. but could there ever have been enough mothman no <laughs> but there could
1: have been more
0: should richard Geary have played the mothman yes. <laughs> yeah, if, if he was just in he's, a mothman costume yeah, he's, trying
2: guy. Yeah. He's, try,
1: he's that guy yeah. trying to figure it out um this was difficult to to score because I've always loved this movie, yeah. and I'm going into it, I'm like, "Oh, that's an eight eight point five easy." Yeah. I fucking love Mothman prophecies, but really going in and watching <laughs> it and seeing like it is very muddled. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, I'll agree with clusterfuck. Yeah, like you said.
2: <laughs> well, you can see why when when this came out, why when if people didn't like it, yeah, I, you can see why. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. yeah.
1: Um, the motivations of Mothman really are unclear as are the origins, as are the intentions, yeah. as are the abilities of the Mothman. Oh, he can do everything. Because he can do yeah. anything <laughs> and everything. And again, I feel like it would have been nice to see that Harbinger. And I really, maybe that's what they were trying to say. That's not what I walked away with. No. He seemed messy and bored, and John was, I'm a fuck with this dude. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> it's just, again, it goes down for me to his motivation. And like you said, undeserved yeah. um payoff with him and Connie because
0: I, <laughs> Okay. But I, I think those kids are gonna make it. Yeah,
1: for sure, <laughs> definitely. But I, and I, I I'll say the middle hurts it for me too. I like the inclusion of Leek and his expertise mm-hmm. and everything, but it really doesn't give anything like it doesn't add anything
0: no it really doesn't change anything it changes
1: nothing because it's not like john took his advice or it's not like you You could have cut all of that out what would have helped
0: is if he had said that he got that message from the mothman about the ohio river yeah because then really
1: any anything to make a connection he's like where are you
0: hearing that point pleasant he's like
1: fuck yeah (laughs) he's right (laughs) (laughs) but no but yeah, it was a, a decidedly different experience going into it this time. But I will add a little bit for nostalgia's sake. So, on a scale of one to 10 beaming red eyes. Indeed. i'll also give it a 7.5 out of 10 wow and again i know that that's generous i know that your seven is
3: generous
1: (laughs) (laughs) but it's i don't know it's just one of those movies where i'm like fuck yeah i don't know why (laughs) i don't know why i ride so hard for it but i do
0: i watched it twice in one day (laughs) god damn for this to get my script in order and i still love it yeah Yeah.
1: that's the thing is and you know you see even with the flaws yes it's like no i'm still riding with it
0: (laughs) i think some movies are just cozy yeah
1: Yeah. that's fair
0: and then it's even better if you're being cradled in the wings of the mothman
1: (laughs) what more could anyone ask
0: (laughs) well it's all from us at pod mortem what would you rate the mothman prophecies and what should we watch next let us know on Twitter at the Podmortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke, and at RealStreeter84. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our wendigo Gitter patrons. And remember, while seeing is believing, sometimes it's your perception that forms your reality. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned. We want to give a special thank you to all of our Wendigo Getter patrons.
1: (laughs) Hey. Thanks for joining for a Mother episode. Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've been fighting the whole time doing Shane's Mothman impression.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if y'all have not seen the BuzzFeed Unsolved Mothman, it's
0: it's so good. (laughs) (laughs) I had to do it. Special thank you to Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Melanie Van Huisden, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M, Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Guy54, Lala Thomas, Travis and Nisa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Mandy, Jennifer Perez, Pierre Lombard, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ Bronson, Gabrielle Trevino, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Linda, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Jonathan Booth, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rizak, Molly Gerhardt, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggie, William Berry, Brittany, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, and Garrett Rogers. Thank you all so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate all your support and we want you all to know that you are just (laughs) moth-nificent.
1: Is that too far? You're as sweet as Mothman's ass. (laughs) He's got them cakes.
3: (laughs) Until next time.